Welcome to the 54th episode of the Friday Nightmare Podcast. On this episode, we will be talking about Irish horror. (laughs) (laughs) I am one half of your hosting team, Heather Powell, coming to you today from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always, is... Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy. I'm fully vaxxed, boosted, and waxed, ready to climax, and if you can, please get me wet, feed me after midnight, and I am also known as the man with the glorious beard. And he's going to go looking for some gold. (laughs) Well, it's kind of funny that we're... uh, or well, this just kind of was uh, accidental. I don't think it was kind of on a planned, but uh, by the time this episode releases, it'll be uh, about a couple days after St. Patrick's Day. It will be a day after St. Patrick's Day. Um, and we totally planned it. I don't know what Scott's yeah. talking totally about. We are, we, are, we are planning masters at Friday Nightmares. So. As everyone knows. As everyone knows. So if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Um, we are continuing to do our horror around the world and we go back and forth between language and countries, uh, you know, we'll just see what works for us. And today we are going to be talking about horror movies, primarily, I think all four that we'll be talking about our main topic are from Ireland. So we will be getting to that later. Um, in terms of life and excitement, um, biggest thing is I booked my trip to Ireland officially, officially. So for those of you who don't know, I am flying to Ireland on Friday, April 29th. I will be staying in Dublin from Saturday, May, I'm sorry, Saturday, April 30th, because it's an overnight flight on Friday to Saturday to Thursday, um, May, I can't remember what that is. No, Friday, May 6th. Yeah, I'm flying out on Friday, May 6th to Newcastle, England. I'll be in North England for three nights. And then I'll be taking the train down on that Monday to go to London, England. And I will be meeting up with Kate and Matt from the internal, the internal podcast. Uh, The eternal darkness of the not so spotless mind. Thank you. The eternal darkness of the not so spotless mind podcast in London, England. I can imagine the shenanigans we're going to get up to. (laughs) It will be fucking epic. And I will be staying there for three nights um, and then flying home on Thursday, May 12th. I will be doing this trip solo and I'm looking forward to meeting a couple of different people. I have a friend, Tom, that I'll be meeting up with in, um, in Dublin, uh, Joseph, who is also a movie reviewer that I've done quiz with that I will be meeting up in Belfast. Mark, who I promoted his book a couple of episodes ago, or maybe it was the last episode. Yep, I'll last meet episode. up with him in Newcastle. And I am, and of course, Kate and Matt in London, and I am beyond excited. So it's really fitting that we're doing Irish horror uh, because I will be in Ireland. 
Um, and I've already booked a whole bunch of tours. I'm doing a, a sheepdog farm tour because it's me and I, my other passion. Oh, that's awesome. Animals. Uh, but I'm also doing a haunted Ireland tour Ooh. on the Saturday night when I get there. I booked it for eight o'clock. So I thought that would be a great way to meet people. Uh, Saturday night, idea. go out for some pints afterwards, you know, make some poor decisions. Just the hashtag living my best life. So yeah, there will be a little bit of a break. We'll announce it as it gets closer, but um, I will be away this time. Usually it's Scotty who's off uh, yeah, gallivanting. Yeah, because you'll be gone, what, 12 days? I'll be gone 13 days. 13 days. Um, and yeah, so there'll be probably does, about a good three-week break. Yeah, because then I got to come back and watch the movies <laughs> that we're going to be doing right. our topic on. So there definitely will be a, a gap in time between us recording and stuff. But we'll talk about that as we get to the end of April. We'll probably do our last episode uh, the weekend before I leave because Scotty will be coming up for my birthday on April yeah. 16th. So that will be an epic time too. So lots of fun times ahead. Uh, lots of cool stuff happening. St. Patrick's Day is happening this Thursday. Scotty, are you doing anything for St. Patty's Day? Um, I never really do. So like no. may- maybe I'll have a-, a beer at home or something. Who knows? But oh. I usually don't have any plans on St. Patty's Day just because I don't like going to the bar on St. Patrick's Day because that's when shit gets a bit ridiculous. Um, especially in my area. <laughs> Truth. That's can you imagine if we went to the bar how ridiculous the shit would get? True. Oh, though, there is an Irish pub now right here in uh downtown Swartz Creek that uh we used to be like this old hole in the wall bar got re uh renovated and my cousin works there as one of the servers or server slash bartenders. Oh nice. So maybe I'll go up there and have a drink. Yeah, why not? One drink is fine. It'll be fine. Just yeah. go early. If you go well, at, like I mean, eight o'clock or seven o'clock, there won't be too many shenanigans at that point. Right, exactly. And and like I say, it's still kind of just like a it's a little more classier of an area, so I don't think it's gonna be ridiculous. No, I, I plan on going out and being ridiculous. So it's funny <laughs> that Scott's concerned because I'm that very person that he is referring to because I am going out on St. Patrick's Day. I bought a green skirt purposely for this event and I got reservations three weeks ago at this pub so I could go out with my friends and I'm going to do a pub crawl, my own pub crawl with friends on uh, next Saturday. If Scott oh, was boy. up here, he would be... <laughs> Yeah, it's okay, Scotty. Don't worry. My birthday will be will be the exact same thing, bro. Oh, I know it will. You know, every time you come up here, you know you're prepared for it. Um, so and it's sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and then you know, like I'll be coming to see you in April, and then you'll be coming out here, uh, June. That's right. We should talk about that. So yes. Scott and I are also big wrestling fans. Uh, I like I like AEW like a real person. Uh, Scott likes to watch old WWE. I love um, AEW. You can kiss my ass. <laughs> well, you are the one that bought the tickets, so I should be careful with what I say. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Scott, why don't you tell us about what you and I are going to on Wednesday, June 29th, and and somebody else. I don't know if you want to yep. say who. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll say it. But yeah, it'll be me, you, and Mandy. Um, but yeah, we're going to be June 29th. Uh, AEW is finally coming to Detroit for the first time ever. Uh, so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll wait a little couple days because tickets went on sale on Friday and it's now Sunday. But I was like, yeah, I'll wait like a couple of days, kind of see like uh, how it all goes out and how like prices are going to be. I'm definitely going because fuck, I can't miss seeing AEW live. Oh, no. And no, then no. tickets were being bought up fast as shit. Like I expected, you know, to, like the good seats to be bought up quickly. And then like, you know, the more nosebleed stuff to kind of take its time. But no, everything was being bought up quick as hell, probably because it's its first time being here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I had to jump on it right on Friday. So yeah, I got us all uh, decent seats. Uh, 
I was trying to get something like a little closer, but at the same time, like, you know, this is more of the just live event experience more than anything. It is. And even I've sat, I've been to a lot of wrestling events and I've sat ringside and I've sat in the rafters. And I can tell you that ringside, you still don't see that much because you can only really see what's in your vantage point. Right. Um, It's, you know, it's the experience of being there with the crowd and cheering and getting revved up about it. Like that's what will make it enjoyable. And I plan on being really drunk um, because Scott's driving. So, cause when Scott comes up here, I drive his ass around just so we're exactly. clear. Until, until we're going out to party, then we take cabs. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll say then when you came to visit here every time I drove us around too. You did, but we just got drunk at your house. We didn't really go out. When you come right. here, we get, there's no limit to where we'll get. <laughs> right. <Scott. laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> He's like, I know, Heather, I have to like not drink for the entire bunch of March. And then can you imagine? So Tuesday night, I'll be coming down. I took that week off work. So I'll be driving down Tuesday. So I imagine we'll be drinking Tuesday night, too. Oh, yeah. And then we'll come back from AEW and drink more. <laughs> the Thursday. Oh, man. Yeah, man. I got Wednesday and Thursday <laughs> off because I wanted to be able to because uh, it looks like the doors open at six o'clock on the Wednesday the show is. So we'll probably get out to Detroit around like three o'clock in the afternoon, kind of like get ourselves a good parking spot and then just kind of walk to a restaurant or something and just kill a couple hours and then maybe a bar. I'm looking for a restaurant so we have some good food that also serves booze. Absolutely, it's a it's a it's a must, Scott. That's how this rolls. Well, I mean, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put up with your ass, so of course. Oh yeah. Well, no, actually, yeah. I'm gonna put up with you and Mandy making fun of my oh, ass. Man. So I am definitely gonna have to get some. Drinks it's gonna in. be it's gonna be marvelous, actually. Um, it's I I feel that you, like I gotta be nice to you because like you know you don't you don't want to tag team someone too hard, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying, Sky? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know where I'm from? Um, you know, because then like he may not invite me back again, <laughs> <laughs> and then he may not come up to my house. It'll be like you want to come up for your birthday, and I'd be like, I'd rather stay here and fucking avoid you, Heather. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say about something? So Tuesday night, you know, what we should do we should go see a horror movie if there's anything playing. Yeah. I'd be down. Like we haven't gone to a movie together in years. Literally <laughs> right. years. Uh, last um, one was uh, Gretel and Hansel. Yeah, but let's go see something like good, not art house. <laughs> like, let's go see something like fucking ridiculous. Like let's let's find like the dumbest horror movie. This like if Studio Six 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 was playing, we oh, go see yes. that. <laughs> Fuck yes, I would be down for that. Oh man. And like remember when like Matt and Kate, would did you ever watch them when they went live and they went to the film festival and they were talking about the Jalos and stuff? You and I'd be oh, like, yeah. I had some fucking food fighters. <laughs> Gotta see some Dave Grohl fucking killing people and shit. <laughs> they have like very deep reviews and we have very like like and then there was like a lot of murder and there was a lot of blood. And then there was yeah. What we would talk about is what we talk about is goddamn people behind us being jackasses while we're watching the movie. (laughs) No, what we talk about, hey, hey, Scott, remember we smoked that fatty before we went into the movie? (laughs) (laughs) We would be the jackasses, but we would think that it was somebody else because we were so high, but it was actually us the entire time. (laughs) We'd be the only ones in the theater. It'd be great. Right, exactly. Um, (laughs) Oh, man, we got a whole time set. So anyone want to join us in Michigan, we'll let you know what movies we're going to go see. I don't know. And then you can come up and hang <laughs> out with Scott and I at the movie theater. Same as yep. up here in Ontario. I don't know if anyone's ever around in the Toronto, Niagara area. Hit us up. Right. That'd be awesome. And yeah, and I was going to say, um, also, it sounds like for the AEW show, a uh, friend of our show, a friend of the show and like personal friend of mine, uh, Justin Bramlett from the Talking Films Group, the head of that pay, uh, Facebook page. Oh, I like Justin. Yeah, he's awesome. And uh, him and his girlfriend will be 
at the show. He they got uh ringside. Um oh nice. And then also our buddy Randall will be there. Oh, very nice. I wish like another podcast was going so we could like I could imagine for horror dummies were there and then mm. we staged a fight between you, me, and Tim and Daniel. Like you <laughs> and I came be behind crazy. Tim and Daniel with a chair and like knocked them out and like like we dumped <laughs> drinks on them. <laughs> yeah, but when they turn when you distract them with the chair, I'll come come around with a freaking ladder and swing it. <laughs> and you're like, who's the Scott Crawford now, Tim? And I'm all like, who's the bitch now, Daniel? <laughs> I'll, I'll be like Orange Cassidy in the pay-per-view, put the ladder between my head and just slowly spin around and just start. <laughs> yeah, but we got to be heels. Like if we're attacking Tim and Daniel, they're the faces and we're the oh, heels. They, they, so absolutely. we got to wear our leather jackets. We both have leather jackets. So we're going to wear that. Um, and we're going to like have the crowd boo and then we'll yell back at the crowd and we'll be like, you Aussies, go back home. Go back home to your kangaroos. <laughs> go drink <laughs> your fosters. <laughs> It'd be great. Oh man, oh, it'd be the God. best. And then, and then, well, then Tim and I will have to do uh, like I just shared a video to their wrestling for dummies page, um, but we'll have to reenact this video of like it looked like Japanese wrestlers and uh, one guy goes to grab this dude's dick and the guy that's got his dick grabbed is like flexing like this and the guy's arms getting twisted because his dick's like moving around. Oh, and like, oh. <laughs> that would be what, what we would call the Scott Crawford finish. Yes, the Scott that's Crawford, the raging Scott Crawford. <laughs> Daniel and I, what we how we finish each other is we just finish each other. <laughs> 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 that's a different that's a different thing but now we're gonna that's finish each other in wrestling. wrestling is it's, it's a different kind of wrestling <laughs> at aew how daniel and i are gonna finish is we're gonna get into a political debate with each other because he's like <laughs> so we have a chat group so yet again we're friends with these dudes and we have a chat group and we send funny shit to each other all the time and like daniel's way more political than tim like me i'm super political so like Daniel and I will just like, or we'll try to like out laugh each other with our jokes. <laughs> we'll see. And Tim and I will just be in the background going, oh, Jesus Christ. Right. Well, no, he's still going to be playing with the Scott Crawford. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Doing, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if I was a wrestler, I would totally want to be a heel because I'm such a nice person in real life. It would be right. like, if I was in a horror movie, I would want to be the villain. Like I would want to be the bad person. Yeah, same. Um, because like I spent whole my whole life being nice. I've always wanted to be a heel in wrestling. That was like when I was little, that was my fantasy was to go into wrestling and be a heel. Cause I thought it would just be like, and heel, by the way, for people that don't know this cool lingo that we're talking about means that you're the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. But I want to be, I want to be, I want to start off as the face then turn heel. Okay. Maybe we start on, that's like our podcast. We started off as faces. And then like last week we're all like, or last time we're all like, you don't watch you don't watch independent horror you're a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) we had started off with hey it's okay for everyone to have their own opinion and now we're like your opinion's wrong (laughs) we're better than you and you know it (laughs) you know it i do want to shout out liz i haven't had a chance to respond to her on facebook i will by the time she hears this um i thought it was really nice that she said that you know we've encouraged her to watch more films liz you have encouraged me too to watch universal monster films because I've watched none of them. Right. So I feel like I really should watch a couple and try to like, you know, get familiarized with it. Exactly. Expand our horizons and, a bit. Well, you know, we are we are super famous podcasters. So oh, totally. <laughs> we are celebrities. <laughs> we have a, we have an audience to think that Scott. Dozens, dozens of <laughs> listeners. <laughs> dozens that rely on our opinions, <laughs> our heel opinions, because we're no longer faces. Though <laughs> you're more of a face than I am. I would totally stay face or stay heel and you would turn like face 
I probably yes. would, yeah. Yeah, you would. You absolutely <laughs> would. I'd be like, You're like, I can't handle this bad guy life anymore. No, I'd be like, I'm going to break Tim and Daniel's legs <laughs> so they can't wrestle. <laughs> and I'm going to please Tim. <laughs> yeah, with his good leg. That's yeah. remaining. Right? With his kickstand. <laughs> with his kickstand. Oh, man. I love them. We got to do another episode with them sometime soon. Oh, fuck yes, we do. It's just such a bitch scheduling with them, but it's so fun when we get to do it. Oh, I miss them. I miss their fluffy bum bums. Anyway. I miss us. I miss us. So we're really ready to heal it up for our 2022 watches. I don't think we've watched anything that is overly popular. I think a lot of people may or may not seen the stuff we've watched. So I guess we can dive right into it. Um, I think this first gem here is, I don't think you watched it, you Scotty? Yeah, you, you are pretty much carrying the uh, list part of the show today because I didn't <laughs> get a chance. Work has been kicking my fucking ass. So I have not so had a chance to watch a lot. Basically what's happened is we're in a tag match and uh, Scotty was in the, in the ring first and he got beat up real bad and somebody snuck in um a chair and hit him when the ref wasn't looking so now i have to carry the rest of the wrestling match um, true and like i'm getting double teamed by yeah you, are. yeah you are <laughs> and it's like, oh, you got hey i could think of way worse things to have happened to me that actually sounds like a fantasy so you know <laughs> they're both good looking men you know i wouldn't kick them out of bed for eating crackers maybe maybe though like maybe i would kick them out of bed for like i don't know what would i kick them out of bed for maybe not sharing their crackers well, like if they were like these are my for not like in the same movies as us you know what that's fine you know i i respect his opinion and i, don't. I think <laughs> wow <laughs> I love you, Tim. <laughs> oh, and you heard it here first on Friday night. No wonder they're kicking, beating me up in the ring by myself right now. You're fucking on the outside. Uh. Oh, man. All right, let's get to this first gem. Um, do not kill me. All right. <laughs> you could have killed me watching this movie. So this movie, this movie is 90 minutes in length. It is available on the Netflix. It is a German film. The synopsis for this movie is after Mirta dies of a drug overdose with her lover, lover, lover. She, she is um, resurrected alone and discovers she's part of a violent world she never knew existed. Um, this has a generous 1.6 rating on Letterboxd. Wow. <laughs> um, it's not the worst film I've ever seen. Now I knew I watched a lot of movies. Um, basically it's about a young lady who's in love with a bad boy and, um, they get in, they, they OD on drugs together and she comes back and he doesn't. And she comes back as like a zombie vampire. I don't know. That's not a spoiler because you don't really know what the fuck she is. It reminds me of like pet cemetery, but not as good. So yeah, I think if you're just looking to watch maybe something for teenagers, this may not be too bad, but it's not the best film. There's nothing super memorable about it. Um, unless you're a real big vampire zombie fan and you're a completist and you want to watch all of them, I would say check it out. But uh, otherwise, I think this one's a skip. Uh, even being on the flicks, it's uh, it's not really worth it. Yeah, so I remember you were saying, like, telling me going, yeah, don't bother. Yeah, your time is precious, Scott. So, like, honestly, you're busy. You're a busy man. Um, we got we got these tag belts to defend. And it's true. Uh, you know, because I sure and, as hell not defending the belt on the horror for, or the wrestling for dummies podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not. I'm going to come in there and I'm going to beat all of you, especially Rob Humphrey. Rob, I'm coming for you. Coming for you and your hunky belt. That's right. 
going to be Heather Hungy. That's what it's going to turn into. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, that the film is on Netflix, but I don't really recommend it. So let's move on to the next better film, I think, that we both yeah. watched. And I'll let you talk about it, Scotty. All right. So this one is a Hulu exclusive for me. Where were, where did you watch it? Uh, I watched it on a Good Friends Plex. Okay. I wasn't yes. sure if it was like available at another streaming service there or not. No. Oh, it's available on Disney+. Plus. Oh, okay. That's right. Because yeah, everything Hulu for... The U.S. is just Disney Plus for other countries. I forgot about that because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, the ne- the next movie that you'll be talking about is actually on Disney Plus, which I kind of find funny. <laughs> wow, I can't believe either one of these movies are on Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. kind of shocked. But I think it's just kind of a catch-all right now. Must um, be. <laughs> but yeah, the movie we are talking about is the Hulu exclusive for uh, for me, Disney Plus exclusive for Heather, and that is No Exit. Uh, it's basically about a woman that is in a rehabilitation facility for drug use, and uh, her mother is going uh, like in the hospital for like a serious surgery. So she is uh, she basically runs away from the the rehab center and starts driving to meet up with her family. And on the way there, a major snowstorm happens where she's forced off the road and has to stay at this uh, hotel or at this uh, bar until the storm oh, no, so it's over. a it's a um tourist stop like it's one of those rest stops oh okay i thought yeah, it was not a bar. a bar oh okay. no they've been drinking more oh that's right okay yeah that's about uh, yeah like they she has to stop there and like kind of wait out the storm with a bunch of other people and they're just you know kind of getting a uh kind of getting to know each other since they're all kind of just isolated together and then uh she happens to go outside and sees that there is a little girl tied up in one of the people's vehicles and then the rest of the movie is about trying to figure out who is the one that uh, kidnapped this girl and what's going on and how to deal with it. And I found this to be like a really well done movie. Like it's uh, it's got an interesting story and it just gets very tense and has a couple of little twist surprises that I didn't see coming. Yeah, I'll be honest. There was one twist that I was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh-oh. There's a pickle now. I thought it was great. I thought the acting was decent for the characters that were in it. The Allstate guys in it. And in case everyone wants to see the Allstate guy, he's in this one. Um, and I thought he did. I didn't a pretty realize fucking, that was him. Yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job. To be honest with you, like the guy played his role really, really well. I thought all the characters were interesting. I thought the 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 almost gave a spoiler there. I thought the third act was very, very good. Um, I thought the whole movie was enjoyable. I was glued to the scene. That third act, I was like, what's going to happen? Right. What's going to happen? And I didn't really know how it was going to go down. I'll be honest. I was yeah. like, they could take this movie a couple of different ways. And I don't know which way this is going to happen. Uh, so that to me is a good movie. I think this is a must watch this year, to be honest with you. I think this is one of the better films that have come out so far. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Like this is, I think, my number two or three of the year so far. Like it's just really well done. And solid. yeah, had some very tense moments in it. And yeah, like you said, you didn't know what direction it was going to go in the third act, like who was going to survive and what was going to happen. It just, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like then, uh, and yeah, Hulu does like when they release some exclusives, they don't do it very often, but when they do exclusive horror slash thriller films like this, they're usually pretty fucking solid. Yeah. Like I was really, really impressed with this film. Um, I understand that it may not be everybody's favorite, but I think it's definitely a must watch. Like yeah. I don't, I would never say to someone, Oh, you probably won't like this. You may not love it, but it's entertaining and it doesn't yeah. overstay its runtime at 96 minutes. Like it's but well budgeted, doesn't overextend its runtime, easy to follow, some good little twists and turns, well enough acted. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, same here. Like this is this is one to at least least not miss for the year. 
Like right? we're saying, it, may, it may not be in your list, but it's at least something you should watch to see because you never know. And yeah, for me right now, it's pretty high up there. And I have a feeling the next one will be a high up there for me when I get a chance to watch it. Oh, so you haven't seen this one yet? No, you told me to watch it. And I just did not have the time yet. All right. This is also a Hulu movie. It is called Fresh. This one is a little bit longer. It's 114 minutes. I want to give a shout out to Sebastian Stan. Um, he's in a lot of fucking Canadian shit. I think yeah, he's actually Canadian. Um, I'm actually going to check right now. Roman American actor. Oh, so he just does a lot of Canadian films. So you'll recognize him because he's in a lot of movies. Uh, This film is very kind of calls out the issues with dating and some issues with misogyny, um, misogyny, sorry, uh, which I think was really well done in this film. It's basically, I'll give a very, you know, light synopsis. A young lady is frustrated with dating meets a young man who of course she falls for and he is not what he seems as you know most horror movies would have you expect well as most dating experiences are too (laughs) (laughs) but um i think where this movie is like well we've seen this plot before we have but this plot is done very very well um there's something a little bit different about this like for example tim davis gave it four stars so that means that it's you know probably good (laughs) i'm just kidding tim Um, one star for me then no (laughs) no no scott you will not be giving this a one star no i know i won't it is a good film it's well acted the main lead in it uh daisy agar jones could win protagonist of the year for me she's a contender contender absolutely Yep, she is definitely a contender. There were two women this week, uh, or the last two weeks, who I watched that could win Protagonist of the Year award. And fresh for me, I could see being in my top 10. Nice. Um, I enjoyed it that much. And, you know, it also, like, it had the relationship things. It had a little bit about social culture. Um, You know, it hit all the, uh, what is it that we called the Heather? What did I used to call it? The Heather vibes or whatever it was? The Ah. Heather language. Yeah, yeah, Heather language. Speaking the Heather language. So I totally recommend checking this out. It is a little bit longer at 114 minute runtime, but I think it's worth your while. It is available on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and I just looked up Sebastian Stan because I'm like, I recognize that name. And okay, yeah, he's the Winter Soldier from the Marvel movie, all the Marvel yeah. movies. Okay, so this is one I'll definitely have to watch with Mandy because that's he's great. Fa- she she really likes him. He's a good actor. Like, he really is. And I've seen him in other shit, too. Like, he's a really solid actor. So yeah, uh, he can play a lot of different roles, which I find really impressive because sometimes, like, you know, some movies you get kind of typecast. And this guy is great. Uh, really, really great dialogue, really well delivered, great chemistry between him and uh, him and the lead. Honestly, I can't praise this movie enough. No Exit and Fresh, Hulu. Thank you. Um, for thank you for bringing some good films out. These these have been quite enjoyable. So yeah, for once, uh, like we may actually have some really tough choices to make at the end of the year for our Hulu, exclusive Hulu stuff. Oh, I think we will actually between these two films. I don't know which one I would choose. I would probably at this point need towards Fresh. Um, nice. but that's that's a no shitting on no exit like yeah. no exit was just amazing it's just a personal preference um and i don't have you seen the second one or the third one no, here this one uh was on our friends plex last year and the title just kind of sounded weird so i was like i'm not gonna bother with it and then i seen uh, it popped up on shutter it was, it's fucking weird um so it's the scary of 61st and it's an 81 minute runtime it's currently on shutter it's also available on amazon uh, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. Ugh. 
So two roommates' lives are upended after finding out that their new Manhattan apartment harbors a dark secret. They basically find out that they've been living in the same apartment where Jeff Weinstein, or not Jeff Weinstein, Jeff Epstein, sorry. I've just, I'm just mixing in two pieces of shit there with those names. Right. Right. I was like, oh, they're both pieces of shit. So anyway, Jeff, I, is it Einstein? Einstein? Epstein? Am I not saying, thank you, Epstein. That, I guess he used to live there and obviously did some horrible things there. And there's some ghosts that possess some of the young woman that's there and then there's this like conspiracy with prince andrew and how he was involved in basically raping young girls wow um, so this is covering the whole like sex ring thing it is. wow wow it is it is covering the sex but it's not doing it in my opinion a good way i okay. think the movie's cheesy i think it's poor dialogue um i think they're trying to be shocking and i think they're trying to be transparent with what occurred but i think they're missing the mark completely i did not personally enjoy it i i thought it was a chore to get through i only kept watching it because it was only 81 minutes and i thought i can get through this if if i try really 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 hard and i did um but i was not a big fan i'm seeing the rankings on here anywhere from one star to three and a half it has a 2.6 rating on what letterbox so it's it's rated fairly high so if you're someone that enjoyed this you know no criticism to you it just wasn't my thing i don't even i wouldn't even recommend it so i would say if you're i don't know you want to see some uh, these writers take on this sex ring scandal sure you can watch this movie um but none of the horrors done overly well nothing's done really overly well so i don't i can't recommend it in good conscience personally good to so, know i'll not yeah. i'll not bother then yeah i definitely would bother scott for you but you know what if someone else wants to watch and they enjoyed it no no criticism here like you like what you like and maybe i just don't know enough about the situation it just wasn't for me so yeah right and you know my taste so yeah i, I know you're not gonna enjoy it don't waste your time scott all right yeah the title itself kind of threw me off anyway. So I was like, yeah, not going to bother. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I can do the next one since, uh, I, like I said, you're carrying yeah. the show this this week. <laughs> um, uh, the next one is called The Desperate Hour, starring Naomi Watts. And uh, it is about a mother who is going on a run. And while she is out running, uh, her kids are going to school and a school shooting happens. And she gets like alerts and everything while she's out like miles and miles and miles away from home and from school. And so she's freaking out and trying to figure out a way to find out if her kids are okay and to get to them. And man, this, this is pretty much a one woman show. Like it's Naomi Watts about, I'd say 90% of the film doing like all the like performance and Holy fuck is this like, this movie just pulls at your heartstrings and just like has you hoping that everything is okay. Like it is intense and very real and like shit, she does such an incredible job. Like she's always been an amazing actress. And oh yeah. Just proves it. You know, I think, you know, there's a chant in wrestling. that's like, you still got it. Clap, clap, clap. Yeah. You still got it. Like that's, that was Naomi Watts in this fucking film. You know, she, it's not the best story. Like it really isn't. It's, she makes it good. Yeah, she is the one that carries this film and makes it good. And as you said, Scott, it's her for 90% of it talking on an iPhone. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it is. Well, she's running, trying to get back. And I will be honest, there was a twist in this that I did not see coming. I thought I called the situation right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
And then I was wrong um, of who I thought was at fault for what was happening. Yep, same. So I give the movie a lot of credit for that because I really did think they set it up for one thing and it ended up being another. I, and I, the thing sorry, about that is like, uh, either way, if you if it played out the way we thought or it played out the way it actually did, either way would have been fucking heartbreaking and intense. Oh yeah, and her reaction, like I recommended this to so Scott knows my friend Amber. And I saw Amber Friday night and I said, you need to watch this movie. And I said to her, that's what, this would be you as a mom of what you would do. Yeah. Like it is just, and it's Scott knows Amber. So he knows exactly what I'm saying. Right. Um, So it's, it is honestly, if anything to watch this movie, it's not super horror. I would argue, most people are going to argue that it's filler. That's fine on this show. Scott and I don't fucking debate that shit because we don't care. But uh, I think if you call it thriller or whatever, watch this for Naomi Watts, uh, Naomi Watts performance. I yeah. think her performance alone makes this movie enjoyable. Do I think it's the best movie that people are going to like love? Probably not. Scott and I really like the school shooting movie that like run hide fight, run, hide, fight. that came out last year. Uh, to me, this is a great like companion movie kind of showing like that showed the inside of a school shooting and it was very real i know someone said it was a lifetime movie i don't think it was a fucking lifetime movie at all i think it showed like the fucking reality of what happens to people when they get shot and how scary it is and this is the now that i think about it the third year a movie tackling like school shootings because spontaneous was basically about school shooting that's what it was about run hide fight and then this yeah right which is it's just like why are we still making movies about this everybody why? Probably because it's a reality we will never right. freaking get over because right. America sucks. You know, maybe we need to reconsider why that keeps happening. But yeah. anyway, um, so yeah, I think a lot of people are going to put this in the thriller category, but it's definitely worth a rental. You can rent it on Google, Vudu, Microsoft Store, DirecTV. Uh, it's, it's worth whatever you pay for it. If you enjoy Naomi Watts, you enjoy thrillers. This movie is entertaining. 84 minute runtime. doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, there's some parts that are cheesy and there's some parts where you're like, why the fuck would you do that? But like, put yourself in her shoes. Yeah. Try to think of yourself as a panicked mother. Um, she's just recently widowed. There's a lot of trauma here. I, I get it. You know, I get it. Even though I was like, oh, come on, Naomi. But I was like, oh, fuck, she nails it. Like, she nails it. She fucking pulls you in and she fucking nails it. Like, honestly, watch this movie for her performance. Absolutely. Nothing else. Watch this and movie for her performance. Her performance is what is putting this movie in my top three right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. She... And, and this is my other nominee for uh, protagonist of the year award. Mm-hmm. Like, holy fuck, is she like pulls from my inside soul and basically put it out there. And I can't stop thinking about her and the main character from Fresh. Both, both women, both incredible. Um, so yeah, so Scott and I gave it a strong nudge of approval. So please check it out. Absolutely. You get a chance to. Um, the most recent one on Shutter that just dropped is called The Seed. It is a 90-minute runtime. Uh, what starts out as a girls' weekend away in the Mojov Desert becomes a true tale of horror, death, and alien invasion. This okay, I've a- seen this one. I was or I seen the uh, featured in the featured section of Shutter, and I was curious about this one. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You'll like it, Scotty. There's some really good body horror that you're gonna like Ooh. in this one. Yeah. Um, the characters in this are very, <laughs> for everyone who's going to watch this movie, the characters are supposed to be vapid and dumb. Okay. I'm so tired of people watching movies. Oh, the characters seemed really like, 
spooky and they were dumb and I didn't like it. Well, this movie, <laughs> they're supposed to be, okay? Like, that's the setup. They're social media fucking chicks who their lives revolve around social media. Like, that's who they are. Stop criticizing it. That's just part of the film. Right. Um, but yeah, there's some really cool special effects. Basically, they go out to this house that they're one of their parents own in the middle of the desert for like a getaway and to do some really cool videos and stuff. And they find something that they shouldn't and chaos proceeds from there. It is some really good line delivery, really fun movie, really good gore, excellent body horror. I don't want to say too much because it's brand spanking new on Shetty though. By the time you guys get to this, it's been out for about a week. So hopefully more people have watched it. I definitely think Scott will watch this and I think Scott will enjoy it quite a bit. Um, it will probably be pretty high on his list. So, you know, if you're into body horror, if you're into kind of the fun little alien invasion shit and like watching people who are pretty, you know, what's the word superficial, get their comeuppance, then you may enjoy <laughs> this film. It is available on Shutter, Canada and the United States, AMC plus and AMC plus Roku premium channel. So if you subscribe to Shutter, what are you waiting for, Scott? What are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? I love doing that. It never gets old. And I always laugh every time you do it because you guys can't see it, but Scott leans back in his chair, opens up his arms and swirls around and it's like the best. Totally I pull a Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh my God. <laughs> it's honestly the fucking best. It never gets old. So yes, I do recommend uh, checking this out if you have Shudder. Even if you're not a huge body horror fan, it's 91 minutes. It's a fun movie. I don't think you're going to regret your time with it. You know, may not make your top 10, but I think it's a worthwhile watch. All the movies we watch make it to our top 10. Hence why they're called a top 10. Yeah. So, you know, just keep getting out there and watching cool shit. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, this is not one of those cool shit movies. <laughs> and it's also on Shudder. <clears throat> so Shudder is hit or miss. Mm-hmm. They do put out, but I got to give them credit because they always put out unique films. Yes, they do. Yeah. Like, uh, but this one is called Hellbender. Um, I already forgot most of what happens in this movie, but I will give synopsis of what I remember off the top of my head. And it is about a mother and daughter that live deep in the woods, isolated from everybody else. And the mother does not want, like, is pretty much keeping the daughter away from society because she had she has quote unquote a disease that you know is too infectious to be around anyone else. And then, well, of course, being a rebellious teenage daughter, she's out wandering the woods. She's kind of a she's a weird loner kid, because, of course, being raised by your mother and no one else around, you're going to be kind of strange. You don't have social skills. Exactly. And uh, she ends up meeting up with uh, she ends up running into a girl who is out at a swimming pool at another house miles away from the house and kind of befriends her. And then, well, you see why she's been isolated. Um, yeah. But then this film is all just weird, artsy. The acting is odd. Yeah. Um, not sure what really happens in this movie. There's really not much of a payoff. Like there's kind of a tiny sort of buildup and then just kind of fizzles. Um, yeah, this movie was just kind of bland. I Besides what I just said for the synopsis, which is pretty much like the first quarter of the film, the stuff happens. I don't remember anything else. Like, it's just, I, yeah, it was slow and torturous for me to get through at work. And I'm doing other stuff while I'm working and I'm going, I want to turn this off because this is pointless, but I've already made it this far. I might as well continue watching it because I just am not invested and I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, this is definitely one that I just did not give two shits about and I will not recommend it. 
Yeah, I I liked it a little bit more than Scotty did. Um, I thought that it was an interesting take on witches. Um, I have a lot of questions, though. There's one part where the mother kills a specific character. I really don't know why that happened. Um, why she felt she had to make that decision. I think it's something to do with life forces and stuff like that. Um, I did enjoy the twist in this film. There was some cool gore that occurs. Um, the band stuff is cool. cool. They're in like a band, a mother-daughter band, and they play music and shit. I I didn't, I yeah, I definitely liked it a little more than Scott did, but I, I, I hear what he's saying. Like, I think there was some really good line delivery I think the acting was decent. I just feel like the, the plot was boring. Like, I feel like it, they, they got decent actors. They had, you know, a, writers that moved along with the script or maybe the actors just knew how to, maybe it was the directing. So the actors and the director knew how to deliver the lines to make it interesting, but the plot was just boring. Yeah. It was dragged out. It could have been a short. It could have been a short of 20 minutes and it would have been way more fucking interesting. That's actually a good right? way to describe it. And I think that, you know, sometimes you have a movie that's a short that you can make into a full-length film. The Stylist from last year yeah. is a great example of that. Terrifier is a great example of that. Then you have movies that should just be made into shorts. Yeah. And they're okay to be shorts. And, that, and they get what they need to do. And I think this was a movie that could have been a short that they dragged out for let's see here how long was it 90 something minutes it felt like two hours yeah it was let's see here it was 91 i believe yeah 86 minutes in length so it wasn't even an hour and a half and it felt that long and the ending kind of just abruptly ends with this like way that it started at the beginning and uh, yeah so hopefully we see these actors in something else again because they're not bad but it has a 3.3 rating on letterbox um which I think is really high for this film. I don't know if it really yeah, deserves a, a three point a three point three rating, but you know I would give it maybe a two rating, two point zero rating because of the acting and stuff. But yeah, I'd say yeah about. Uh, I think I gave it maybe a two two and a half. Like I didn't. It was there. Yeah, it was there. It wasn't the worst movie, but it wasn't the best anyway. It's it's available on Shutter, um, all the shutters, and also AMC Plus. Um, yeah, if you really like witches and you like to see a different way that the folklore of witches are done, maybe check this out. Um, but if you're not a big fan of witches, I don't know if you're really going to miss anything. I don't know if it's going to be something that's really going to hit home for you. So Right. Right. Um, and Scott says don't watch it because he thinks it's boring as fuck. So. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I am rather doing, when I'd rather uh, ignore the movie that's playing in the background and work on my accounting work and I'd rather play with numbers than watch this movie. That's saying something. Well, unless Tim Davis was there. And well, then he'd be playing with something else. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Rage and Scott Crawford. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim. We like bring up Tim and now all the time. He's my so, boyfriend. He is. He is. So I watched another Netflix fucking gem. Um, oh the weekend away. And the only reason I watched this because it was Friday afternoon. I saw Lacey talk about how silly it was. So I thought I wanted to watch to see how silly it is. Definitely more of a thriller than a horror. Um, basically, I think if you have a wife that likes Lifetime films and wants to see something that's like kind of scary, but also not too scary, then they should watch this synopsis. These two chicks go away to Croatia. One disappears and then the other one has to figure out what's going to happen. And I was in the process of booking all my shit for Ireland. So I liked having a traveling movie. On. 
<laughs> fitting. <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, it's available on Netflix. I would say most people will not enjoy this who are horror fans. Uh, refer this to somebody you know in your life that likes Lifetime films and uh, thinks that, like, you know, it's thriller enough. It's like Open House. Remember when they had Open House on Netflix? Remember that? Yeah, I never bothered with that one because oh, I heard man. too many bad things. Yeah. And it, and this didn't even have Sean Aston Moore taking his shirt off to save it every five <laughs> seconds, like the other Netflix movie that I saw a couple of years ago last year, where you every five seconds he took his fucking shirt off to be like, I mean, and I got to make it with was, my wife. If I was Sean Ashmore, I'd be taking my shirt off all the time. I'd, right? I'd just be walking around shirtless. Shirtless. All the time. There'd be no point of wearing a shirt. So those are our 2022 so far. Uh, I'm up to 30 movies watched in 2022. So how many movies are you up to? You are ahead of me for sure. I'm at 24. Oh, that's not bad. We're not, we're not too far off from each other. Yeah. I've only gotten three in these last two weeks just because work has been chaotic, but uh, hopefully this week will be a little more calm and I can kind of get caught up on some of these ones that you've recommended, especially fresh and yeah, fresh in the seed. I think you'll enjoy the most. Yeah, Yeah. I'll definitely watch those and get caught up and then try to catch some newer ones to talk about on our next episode. So I'm going to guess that you don't have any older films to talk about. (laughs) Of course not. You know, it's hard being the uh, the workhorse here, but you um, are you are just carrying the show. It's got your shoulders have got to be sore from the weight. Yes, the weight, the burden, Uh, the two older watches I'm going to talk about one. Some people probably argue isn't a horror film, but it's called Snowpiercer. Uh, it was an hour and 20, I'm sorry, 127 minutes long, came out in 2013. It's on Netflix currently. Um, it's 2031. The passengers in the train are the only survivors left on Earth. There's basically this train that just drives around Earth and uh, no one can live outside of it because, uh, you know, we've reached the second ice age and there's, of course, you know, different positions that you have in the train. The people at the front of the train are the most wealthy. And then it works its way back to the people who are the poorest are at the back of the train. So Chris Evans is in this. There's actually a fair amount of stars. Chris Evans, Ann Harris, John Hurt, uh, Tilda Swinton, Jamie Bell, Octavia Spencer. So yeah, like we're talking a pretty star-studded cast that they had in this movie. The acting is awesome. There's some really gory, gross fight scenes that occur in it. Um, it's very emotional film, but it's a very long film. So you do have to like sci-fi. This definitely kind of leans more on the sci-fi than the horror side. Um, next would be Psycho 2. I watched for the first time. Yeah. Um, on another podcast that I um, help facilitate or run or whatever you want to say, host. Uh, we had to choose a movie from our birth year. So my birth year is 1983. And both Brandon and Scotty have said to me, Brandon Orlick from the Exploding, the Exploding Heads movie podcast, a horror movie podcast, that uh, they loved this film, Psycho 2. So I thought, well, I better watch it. If it was Scotty and Brandon dig it, then they probably know what the fuck they're talking about. And they were right. Man, what a good movie. Right? Man. This is just a fantastic fucking film. Right? And like you know you really feel bad for anthony perkins slash you know norman bates like it's it's sad yeah because he's just trying to live his life like after everything that happens and then people keep fucking with him yeah like people are really really cruel to him and i really enjoyed watching him in this movie i loved how he was trying to kind of get his life together while he was released living at the house like if you enjoyed the first psycho movie i definitely recommend checking this one out i really had a good time with it it's 113 minutes long but it 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 makes sense like every scene in it is needed and required so it makes sense that it has that length to it 
I really liked it. I'm so glad I picked it for my 1983 watch um, compared to some of the other shit that they made me watch that I won't go into. Uh, <laughs> some of those movies are fucking dreadful. But this was like, honestly, the prize pig. Like it was the best movie that we watched. So I encourage everyone to watch Psycho 2 if they haven't had a chance to check it out. Yep, this is uh, my favorite of the, Psycho's fran- of the Psycho franchise. Like it's just... Because the first Psycho, obviously, instant classic, did so much for the horror genre. Mm-hmm. This one just has a much deeper story and just like, there's a lot to it. And it's just, yeah, like you really feel for Norman Bates in this film. Yeah, yeah, you do. Re- they do a really good job of making him like a protagonist kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and what happens at the end, you're just like, oh man, like this sucks, but I get it. Right? right. Like I get it. And it's a great follow up to the first one. So yeah, check it out. If you don't haven't had a chance to watch it, it is available for rent on uh, all of the, um, the major streaming services. So check it out or maybe get someone who owns it and uh, see if you can borrow it from them. Yep. This is definitely one to have in a collection for sure. So I guess we'll get into what's new. I'll let Scott go first. because I'm doing lots of talking. So all right, so for our What's New segment, I once again have decided to bring another band to the table, and that is uh, a uh, American band kind of plays like a, uh, I would say kind of like a folklore or folk style music, kind of like what I was talking about with Amigo the Devil, and uh, they are, it is called Harley Poe. They're an American band from Kokomo, Indiana, and uh, they had it originally started uh, as an alias for Joe Whiteford in 2004 after his previous band Calibretto split up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they released their first album back in uh, 2010, but they are basically a uh, kind of like a folk folk music black comedy in a way. They a lot of their music is focused on like horror films. Um, one of them, actually, I think they've done a couple of songs based off of uh, stories from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, and their music is so damn catchy. And the reason I heard of these guys is because a podcast I had brought up a very long time ago called The Horror Show with Sean and Joe, they had their intro music was Harley Poe's uh, Gorehound song. And it's basically just singing about different horror movies and stuff like that. And they use that as their theme music for their intro. And I was just like, man, this is really catchy. I want to look into these guys. And I went down a YouTube rabbit hole years ago and just, I fucking fell in love with these guys. Their music is just so like, just catchy and the lyrics are kind of dark and disturbing. Cause like I said, they talk about horror films, the stories and just kind of have a dark styling to them. And I highly recommend if you are into kind of like a, uh, kind of like what I was bringing up before, Amigo the Devil, Dead South, like bluegrass style, somewhat country-ish sounding. I definitely recommend this because they are amazing musicians and, uh, Harley Poe has an amazing, uh, amazing voice. Um, next time we get together, Heather, I'm going to have to, like, since we do our little just to together. Yes. And I was going to say, when we sit down and do our music. Uh, yeah, uh, Friday night. That's what we'll be doing. Hopefully on my patio. Hopefully it yes. will be warm enough. Fuck, I hope so. Yeah, but I'll be uh, bringing a couple of their songs to the table for you to check out. You're the best, Scotty. I can't wait. I can't wait to see your fluffy bum bum again. It'll be fun. Oh, I miss your fluffy bum bum so much. I miss your fluffy mm-hmm. bum bum as well. Fluffy bum bum. All right. So that'll be good. Scott and I are going to rock out and get high and listen to this guy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> rock out with my cock out. Uh, well, yeah. He'll probably be doing that too. Um, He just doesn't put it away. We're always yeah, like, just, it's, it's just I just kind of present it. And he's like, it is. It's one to say hi. (laughs) It's my friend. He he wants to come out. And everyone would be like, why does it look like a baby holding an apple? 
<laughs> but yet it's a huge baby and a massive apple. <laughs> so veiny, anyway. So veiny. Everyone's like, are they going to go live for that video when they're in the backyard? With oh, that, that's going to be the only fans where there'll be yeah. only one fan. <laughs> Scott registered separately for different accounts. Yes, I'll be I'll be paying myself. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. You're like you like your laptop up and you're like surfing your own page and you're like oh, yep, yeah, throwing myself five dollars every so often. Here you go. Here you go. Hey sexy, here you go. <laughs> hey, you wouldn't lose any money. You're just right. I'd just be giving it back to myself. I'm good. It works out really, really well. Um <laughs> I can't stop laughing about that. <laughs> Okay. Maybe I'll take you to this place when you come up. Um, so yeah. I went to a store that's called the cabinet of curiosities and other needful things. And I did take some pictures and I don't know if I shared them. Scott, did I send them to you? No. Oh, I did that purposely because I wanted you to be surprised. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I knew you were going to go to this place, but I didn't know you actually went. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I, I sent them to you or someone else. So, okay, that's good. I didn't send them to you yet. So that's good. Um, so anyway, this place is fucking random. So basically they take everything. So I was, I went with my friend Anne yesterday because I'm like, look, I need something different to talk about on my podcast. This is different. And you know, there's going to be creepy shit there. So of course they had like a Ouija board and they had creepy you played dolls. With it, didn't you? But then they had fucking coffins with human bones. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hmm. Yeah. And they had like these old school lobotomy kits and they had like the old school dentist chair that looks like something that Jigsaw would be like, you have not appreciated your life. And now you must sit in this dentist chair and listen to me lecture to you on how I'm going to torture you because that's fine because I'm Jigsaw, you know? <laughs> so like they had that and they had all these, of course, beautifully bind older books and then creepy motherfucking dolls galore. Like nice. many creepy dolls, like creepy dolls where I'm like, you wouldn't buy that if you've seen any fucking or maybe you would be like you could stay here like the worst thing you could do is buy those dolls and then the fucking ouija board <laughs> right right and then they had clown shoes just randomly like <laughs> old school looking clown shoes and then they would have these like old bottles from like the 1900s that were labeled and stuff and then they had like newspapers from 1896 oh wow yeah like they had crazy shit bunch of coffins tons of coffins they had like three or four or five coffins um, and like coffins that were old, like from the Victorian time era. Um, yeah. And then bones and collections, human skulls and like other skulls. Like it was, it was, it was fucking crazy. Like there was, yeah. See, look at your eyes. Taxidermy animals. Like it was definitely one of those films that you would see in like one of those stories you would see in a Goosebumps episode, right? The kids would be like, oh, let's go down to the local curiosities. And like the whole thing is based on this store that people buy items from it and there's curses and anthology waiting to happen. It is an anthology <laughs> waiting to occur at this store. And I think that's what they're going for is I think they eventually want to be like a Pawn Star kind of thing because they have stickers and shit and they take in all the weirdest shit that they can. And people that's were awesome. spending money on it. Um, I tried to find some jewelry because I had some jewelry there, but I didn't really see anything I really liked. But I'll take you there when you come up. And I have some pictures that I will remember to share when this podcast drops. I'll probably share them on the Friday night um, that I took to our page. And the link, if you want to check it out, is it is in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and it's definitely like creepy galore. And maybe Scott and I will do a live video when we go to it when he comes up in April, because it is the most interesting thing I've seen. We could do that on the day of my birthday because it's just in Hamilton and it's close. Right. Um, that works out. 
right? We may go to Niagara on the Lake on the Friday because I don't think I've taken you to Niagara on the Lake yet, which is also creepy and like haunted and shit. So, you know, we can make it a whole ghost filled weekend. Hell yeah, that'd be awesome. Right? That's what Scotty and I do. We do right? creepy, weird shit and drink. That's, that's what Scotty and I do. Because so. we're creepy and weird and love <laughs> to drink. That's what we like to do. But yeah, so that's the store and uh, hopefully they do well. They, they managed to survive the pandemic so far maybe it's because uh all the cursed items won't let the store close who knows but <laughs> right. uh it's and now you inspired me though uh because uh there is a place called the oddities out in uh, lapeer in michigan that's mm. something similar to this in a way from what i've heard i've never been there you should go so, i was gonna say maybe this inspires me to go out and see these places and there's also a place uh I gotta figure out where it is, but maybe I'll take uh, Mandy with me to go go this place. But it's uh, I was gonna say take Mandy so she can find a voodoo doll, so when you snore, she can stab it and it makes <laughs> you stop. Yeah, there's a uh, museum of death, which Ooh. is like like literally just like how embalmers deal with stuff, and it's just like got like human skulls and everything in there. I've always wanted to go to it and just never have. So yeah, maybe that's some stuff I'll try to do this year for our what's new podcast or what's new stuff section right like cool shit that we can do but yeah we'll check we'll definitely check out this store when you come up but yeah it is an anthology film waiting to happen and pictures will be shared to the page if you want to check it out or facebook group oh yeah yeah you gotta send those pictures to me too because i gotta i gotta see this before we well i will now because i i let the cat out of the bag i was originally i held out i'll send them to you on our break that we take Because Scott and I, you know, have to go drink before we come back to the podcast. <laughs> we got to drink to deal with each other. Oh, it's true. Like, it's not, <laughs> wrong. it's not wrong. So when we come back, we'll be talking about some Irish films. And uh, hopefully we all had a good time with these films. Uh, we'll see. Actually, our first film has a lot to do with drinking. So it's really fitting <laughs> right. uh, that we said drinking. But after these messages, we'll be right back. This will keep us quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me Cutting a New Show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing... All the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. So, welcome back. And uh, today in, you know, spirit of St. Patsy's Day coming up, we are not covering the leprechaun. And we are talking about other Irish films, which apparently um, I did hear from my friend in Ireland that when the leprechaun came out, people in Ireland were very upset about it. I wouldn't be surprised. 
And it's because of how they portrayed the leprechaun because leprechauns in Ireland are seen to be feared. Now this one was feared too, but they're like, it's not wisecracking. Like it's, and it's anyway that you can catch them, but they trick you. Similar with uh, something else we're going to talk about in here as well. Um, Irish folklore is so fascinating to me. I cannot wait to be there and experience it because I believe in a lot of this stuff. I think there's things we can explain or understand and, I'm looking forward to learning more. Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, obviously when we do these uh, different country, different language horror films, um, there's always like some type of uh, uh, theme that we notice with each one. And this one, just because Ireland, Irish movies, they all tend to focus a lot on the folk tales, the folk yeah. horror, yeah. Uh, a lot of like mythologies and like the real way they are represented instead of the cute fluffy way that you know Americans and other and North Americans and everybody else probably sees them as yeah like leprechauns obviously are more evil and mischievous and they fairies. definitely didn't go to space or the hood right I mean I don't know he, one of them might have showed up in the hood in Ireland yeah yeah maybe <laughs> I, I never got a chance because unfortunately this is a gentleman I, I don't speak with anymore to ask him what he thought of 2018 because oh, yeah. that was a little more serious i thought what's like the most uh, well, recent one or was it or maybe i need to rewatch it again i watched it last year and i really like, I mean, it was it was serious but it was also kind of a horror comedy yeah that's true both and the, the leprechaun movies were meant to be that right yeah like they're they're horror comedies for sure um but yeah anyway we didn't cover any leprechaun movies for this <laughs> no. we chose to go with um i guess you would say in some cases lesser known or really well-known irish films um i've definitely kind of doubled down into uk and irish films recently you know obviously because i'm traveling there uh you know happens when you're going to do something you kind of jump into a theme and i really enjoy irish and uk films i'll be honest i i like they're not my favorite like i think spanish is still my favorite but like man like they're fun they're fun films oh yeah like they're a lot of uh like very interesting takes on horror films and uh yeah like like i said i love it because a lot of the irish horror films seem to focus on their mythologies and did you notice that after watching all these films, you saw some of the similar actors in all of them? No, I didn't actually. Oh yeah. Like there's some people in Grabbers that are in the boys from County Hell. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's, it's really interesting. There was one guy in particular and there was names I began to recognize and maybe because I've seen other Irish horror films too. I'm like, yep, seen that guy before. Yep. Seen that girl before because it's the Irish film board that makes a lot of these films. I think the Irish right. film film made all of them. And it's obviously like, there's only so many actors in Ireland. Like Ireland's a relatively small country, right? So like there's a couple of big players and they're in a lot of these films um, and they're really good, actually really good acting. So I guess we'll get to the first one. Um, yeah. yeah. So why don't we start off? All right. So the first film we will talk about in our Irish horror movies is Grabbers, released December 26, 2012. Residents of an island off the coast of Ireland learn that the only way to survive an invasion of blood-sucking aliens is to stay drunk. Oh, um, man. This movie was freaking hilarious. Like, uh, yeah, these aliens are literally bloodsuckers. They will uh, latch onto somebody and drain them of all their blood. Mm-hmm. And as a story, this is obviously a horror comedy and uh, actually sci-fi horror comedy. I would put this more in. Yeah, category. yeah. Sci-fi horror comedy for sure. Um, but yeah, like they're like weird tentacled aliens that, uh, yeah, just start terrorizing this Irish town. And uh, I love that the, like the townsfolk realize like there's one guy that just 
somehow survived an alien attack and was able to fight it off, even though it latched itself to him and started trying to drink his drink its blood. Yeah. And it's because yeah. this guy is known as the town drunk and the, the alcohol was actually poisoning the alien. So the alien could not drink it without dying. So it like ran away and like left him alive. So everyone in the town realizes, shit, let's get together at a pub and everyone let's get freaking wasted and try to fight off these aliens and oh my god someone so much drunken shenanigans happened during this and it's yeah so damn entertaining like i had watched this probably about three or four years ago and just had a good time with it and re-watching it today like it still made me like it it's a simple plot but it's just fun it really is a simple pot. Like we're not talking about something complicated here. And it really does set it up to kind of be like a little bit of a romantic thing too. Yeah. The the chick, uh, Lisa Nolan arrives and she's the very like, you know, do it by the book sergeant and the guy that she's meeting because the, the I guess the head sergeant's going on vacation. So this other dude, uh, Cesarian O'Shea is like, you know, the town, not the town drunk, but obviously drinks a lot and is drunk all the time. Nothing really happens in the small Ireland town. I'm assuming it's out near Belfast, like that kind of area. And it's kind of removed from everything else. And it's, it's interesting, the main characters that are in this, because they all kind of, you know, go to this one pub that's owned by this couple and they're trying to get the girl and the dude to hook up. And it's it's really some really fucking funny lines. Like some of the things that stand out for me is there's also this um, zoologist or marine biologist that's there. <laughs> like They first notice something's wrong when these whales all seem to die at the same time and are washed ashore. And mm-hmm. the guy shows up, he's like, are they all dead? And the biologist is like, no, no, they're just sleeping. Like it was like there was some funny shit that was said in this movie that was clever. And there's another part where they're kind of unsure about this alien. Obviously, this you know, creature monster thing has killed a bunch of people. And the two main characters go into this cave and they're trying to find it and it comes out. And the design of it was good. Like I thought the creature design and this was epic. I don't know oh, what yeah. you thought, Scotty. You're a big you're more of a creature fan than I am, but oh, yeah, this is like some Lovecraftian monster type shit. Tentacled being that sucks yeah. blood and <laughs> oh, comes fuck. from the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it comes from the ocean, is like hanging out and has babies, and like they're trying to dissect one of the babies. And at one point, like they're like, don't get it wet. Whatever you do, don't get it wet. So they come back to burn it. and they're lighted on fire in the lab and the sprinkler system comes on and the the marine biologists don't get it right you are irish aren't you he says to the chick right so at this point the marine biologist has been looking at this woman like she's like above everyone else in this town because he thinks she's smarter and then he makes that comment like you're just dumb like the rest of us which i think is funny Um, there's some really funny fucking one-liners in this movie and i did enjoy the romance that kind of subtly happens between the two main characters i I, I thought it was cute. And at one point she has to get completely drunk because she's the healthiest all of, out of all of them. And she gets completely intoxicated and they take her blood sample to see if this whole theory actually works. And I thought this movie was going to be a lot sillier than it was, but it was well-written. It's, it has great effects. The feet, the creature effects are amazing. Yeah. Um, especially there's one part where the whole town ends up being at the fucking pub. They basically tell her when it's open bar and they're all going to get drunk. And they run out of alcohol. They drink all the alcohol on the island. And the two, our two main characters are outside, basically, you know, trying to protect against the, the creature. And the creature shows up and there's these showdowns and it's fucking awesome. Like the third act of this movie and the money they put into their special effects, like, mwah, 
Yeah. Like fucking beautiful. I wouldn't be watching this movie. I'll probably watch it before I go to Ireland again. Or go again. Like I'm again, like I'm a frequent traveler. Like when I go there for the first time. Because I just think it's incredible. It's such a fun film. Yeah, because like like you're saying, like it's uh you thought it'd be more silly than it actually yeah. is. Yeah. It is silly, but it's like it's got a lot of heart to it. And uh it reminds me of the a lot of the horror comedies that I really fall in love with that are not like the slapsticky gory ones, but like just the more ones that take the situation seriously while mm-hmm. having silly things happening in that situation but like done and like and you love all the characters because they are all just like they're all likable people and you don't want anything bad to happen to any of them and you know obviously when you get drunk you make dumb decisions and some of them make accidentally dumb decisions that get some of them killed which but they're comical dumb decisions right but there's decisions where you're like i did feel bad when that one character got killed like i actually did i was like the one with the super soaker no the um well, we can spoil it. The marine biologist. Oh, yes. Yep. Right. I kept hoping he was going to pop back up later. Like he maybe like fell in the water or something, which obviously wasn't the case. Right. Because um, I thought he was funny. Like that's the thing. What really got me about this movie was some really fucking funny one-liners. Yeah. Like there were some really great one-liners that were delivered. Like even the town drunk guy, uh, at one point he's in the bar and he's like, oh yeah, I bring my own moonshine. I make my own booze. And then like they give it to everyone because they have to get to the same blood alcohol level that this town drunks at. And he just drinks all the time. And like, yeah, <laughs> and it's just, and I, and obviously it's playing on the, the drinking culture of Ireland and how much people drink yeah, and party. And, right. And see, I was worried. Cause like, you know, I watched this a long time ago and couldn't remember yeah. like a lot of it, but I was like, is this going to be insulting? Like can be a stereotype thing. And no, it actually wasn't insulting. No, like you had the town drunk and then you had everyone else that was kind of like, obviously they would go out to the pub to socialize and have a good time and you know you have your main male lead whose wife left him for somebody else so he drinks at night to kind of and there's nothing going on in the town nothing's really happening like it's a small seaside irish community like there's not much that goes on on a daily basis but there's another scene where they're at the church and this is where they're trying to get people to go to the pub so they're safe right they're like okay this creature comes out at night it's going to come and eat people (laughs) suck their blood and they're like at the parish and like trying to get people to come back to the bar and they're like well why would we all be alone when we could be at the pub and i was like uh but why would i leave my house and then when they go and it's an open bar and they're all like right. <laughs> i mean hell if you were told it was an open bar and a bar fuck yeah you'd be going if you and then if you liked alcohol right and then there's this like even the there's an older woman who like shoots back a bunch of beers and they tell her that she can't leave because like eventually people want to leave because they run out of booze and they're like no no you can't leave she's like i can leave if i want like she's fucking like <laughs> irish fucking bull like fuck you i'm old and i'm leaving this fucking bar if i want to it's it's just really really well done this film is really fun it reminds me of Shaun of the dead in the sense that yes. it's just high quality writing great line delivery like and you don't have to be irish to get it like there's just funny shit that happens that you're like that's funny like that's right you know and and i and i agree they're not making fun of the culture they're not making fun of alcoholism or anything like that they're just poking fun at like well, the Irish got to get super drunk to like avoid these aliens. And I really, I'll be honest, Scotty, I was dreading watching this movie. I was like, were you really? Yeah. Now this wasn't the worst movie on our list by far. Cause I love this movie. If, you know, if we were to do another top, if we were to ever do a top 100, it would probably be in my top 100. That's awesome. how much I enjoyed it. Wow. Like I just thought it was so much fun. And I really love when horror comedies can combine in great special effects. Yet again, this movie put the money, where put this money where it fucking mattered. 
Like when they needed to show the creature in its full form, it was great. Like it was great. I I believe that that was the creature. I believe that stuff was happening. And that's a great film. The writing, the delivery, obviously people who you know, could play off each other. The chemistry was there. I, I really like this film. I have nothing but praise for it. If you like horror comedies and creature features, this one's for you. Yep. Completely agree. Like I was, uh, I was wondering how you, what you had thought of it. Cause I'm going, all right. Like I know some horror comedies hit or miss with Heather to yeah. see how this one does, but I was like, this is definitely a very Irish film. So I was like, this one has to be in our topic for sure. This is a five out of five for me. That's that how much awesome. I like this film. I just, it, you know, the one-liners, the subtlety of the one-liners that were in this is probably what did it over. There was just so many funny fucking one-liner comments that people would make as a one-off. Like, even at one point where they're like, say to the chick, and she's like, they're like, well, we need you to get drunk because you're the fittest. She's like, thank you. And yeah, well, it's true. As she's walking <laughs> away, right? Like, this is funny shit. Like, that's my sense of humor. Like, I like right. that kind of dry, sarcastic, one-liner sense of humor. So for me, it just spoke my language. Um and it's and if this is Lovecraftian, it makes it a Lovecraftian film that I enjoyed, and it has a Lovecraftian monster in it, so I'm gonna go with it. Because um, yeah, I was gonna say, because like, yeah, to me, I think it's kind of Lovecraftian just because of the fact the monster is this weird tentacled thing that really has no rhyme or reason and yeah, comes from the deep ocean. Well, you know, we could even say it comes from a land down under. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> it's definitely something you would find in Australia. Yes, and Tim. And Tim Davis has already punched it. Well, that's why it's so angry. <laughs> right? That's he came to Ireland happened. to get rid of revenge. It's like, a fuck you. I'm coming to get my revenge now. But yeah, this was a great movie. Totally enjoyed it. Totally would recommend it. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to add. Like, I just think that it also showcases how beautiful Ireland is as well. Like the mm-hmm. the coastal side of the town. And, and it kind of also ends with like a, is it really over? Which like t- typically creature features do. Yeah. You know, it always ends with that, but is it over? It's not over. And just so we're clear, it's never over in a creature feature film. The creatures, especially in the films we're talking about today, even in the last one, I suspect it's never over. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, So yeah, speaking of which, I guess we can jump on into the next film. Well, which is also a creature feature, only a little bit more darker, where Grabbers was kind of fun-loving, fluffy, fun, um, happy ending. (laughs) Yeah, this this one takes a different turn. Yeah, it takes a little bit of a different go to it. So let's break it down. All right. So the next movie we are talking about is called The Hollow. It was released on June 26, uh, 2015. After moving to a remote house in a forest in Ireland, a family starts noticing strange sounds and occurrences. As the lights fall and the warnings of the villagers ring in their ears, they soon realize they have to fight to survive. Uh, Yeah, so this is basically a man, his wife, and their baby. Um, He, they go to this house and he is, uh, I think it was more or less, he was going out there to start uh, kind of getting ready to do like some development stuff. And they had, yeah, they're removing some trees trees and he's out there kind of figuring out which ones will be removed. And what I think is interesting, and I wouldn't have commented on this if it wasn't for, you know, me becoming this worldwide traveler and planning my trip to Ireland and the UK, that this couple's from London. Yes. And I think that's really important to remember because this is rural Ireland. 
And in like very similar to Grabbers, which is why a lot of people were like, oh yeah, fuck, it's an alien. That makes sense. Okay, we got it. Yeah, that's curse. There's a lot of folklore in rural Ireland and mm-hmm. they're more likely to believe this stuff. So I think there's also that culture clash that's reflected in the hollows or the hollow um, of this you know, kind of uppity couple. They're not uppity. They're actually very nice people, but coming there and not understanding the ways yes of rural ireland and their beliefs and the folklore and other such things yep because you have these uh this village these two couple of villagers that come up to the guy and go you need to leave this area alone this Mm -hmm. is a sacred uh sacred chunk of land right here that is uh pretty much known to house these fairies Mm -hmm. and uh like just leave it alone like these fairies are what took my daughter and blah 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 and it's like just stay away do not do this and of course, you know, the guy's just like, oh, this is just some mumbo jumbo, like uh, rural villager uh, mythology stuff. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to ignore it and continue doing my work and everything because that's what I'm here for. And no, they were right. There is this like little chunk of forest slash meadows. Like I think they called it the Haven or something like that. And uh, yeah, like there is these fairy like creatures that show up at night that end up start attacking the household and uh, stealing their child. Mm-hmm. Um but one thing that was never explained until it happens is they can turn others into their kind. Yep. With the uh with I think it was just by like stabbing them in the eye or poking them with their yes. claws, like it will slowly start to transform you. And you'll turn into a fairy as well. Yeah. Yes. And this is this is one we talked about before where I was like, I remember you had brought it up when you in like one of your first yeah, time my, watches. Yeah. And I was like, it reminded me of the creatures of the descent and rewatching oh, yeah. oh, you muted yourself, Scotty my cat muted me of all things oh, <laughs> fucking pussy right here this little troublemaker oh, and i just heard her purr into the mic <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> little shithead but uh, anyways <laughs> um, that's funny. Yeah, like i like i was saying i thought these uh creatures reminded me of the ones from the descent they move similar to the ones from the descent but the yeah. looks of them are more like they are made of the trees they have like wood they almost yes. have like bark like skin and stuff like that yes that's a really good description actually I, I, now we all know this is in my top 50 horror movies of all time. So I have a very strong love affair for this movie. And honestly, Grabbers may be pretty close and may take, kick out someone else in their fifties and end up in the, my top 52. But um, what I really like about the hollow is the slow build of this story. And I love the relationship. Like I've never felt for a baby that doesn't speak as much as I did for fucking Finn. I don't know what it is with this baby, but they made this baby a fucking character with like it not doing anything but being a baby. Like it's just so fucking cute to start off with. And the dad obviously has this really close relationship. Like he takes Finn out with him to, you know, he's like to do the tree stuff and he's talking to Finn a lot, like really good, like parent child interaction. I was gonna say like they are both great parents in this film. And the way they sell the relationship with the baby that can't even talk like honestly like that's how good these two actors are and when they're at the house and i'm going to do a little bit of prep stuff here and you kind of see there's like a romantic stuff like you can see they truly love each other and there's almost about to be some intimacy and then finn starts crying and then he starts increasing crying i felt an anxiety still to this point i knew it was going to happen and all it is is just something to smash through the window but i was all like get to the fucking baby right right (laughs) So, and you know, they call the cops in and I love 
the cop segue to teaching us about the rural folklore. Yes. Like, I thought that that scene was really smart that the cop comes out. He's like, yeah, someone broke your window. You know, this is rural Ireland. People have different beliefs here and they don't think like you do from London. You've come to a different area. Like he's almost being like, I believe you that something happened here, but I don't think it was them. Like he obviously believes in some of it too, right? Or he's unsure. That was the vibe I got anyway. I don't know if you got that vibe. That's what I got as well. Like they're like, yeah, we've never actually seen anything, but we do have the superstition. Right. And, you know, he goes into town and he goes to get like his, his window fixed and the, and the fucking dude says something disturbing and everyone's polite to them but they're warning them. And as he takes the window, the guy says, I can fix this, but if your wife doesn't put up the iron, there's not much that can be done. And I I just love the delivery of that line because it's done, you know, first of all, you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing outside the house? How does he know that my wife took down the iron? How does anyone know this? But it's almost the way he delivers it. Like, it's not going to matter if you don't follow through here and realize what's happening. And of course, the neighbors delivered the book about the folklore. They think it's fairy tales and they think it's fluffy. Like it's everything is really, really, well done to lead up to the chase scene in the house which is the real like like they have a little chase scene where the dad's driving back and the car breaks down what did you think of that scene oh yeah that scene was intense where he's basically having to hoof it back home after that and just oh did you think the baby was going to be taken did you think finn was going to be taken so the car breaks down for everyone yeah because i thought like uh because i'd seen this before but uh like it had been years uh like i think since 2015 actually and uh so I watching it now, like I, cause yeah, he left uh, Finn in the back seat while he was yeah. trying to get the car working and you hear Finn just screaming and I'm like, oh fuck, the monster just grabbed him. Yeah. Like you're like one of the fairies took the baby. Right. And that's where I thought the, the switch was going to come out. Um, it doesn't, you know, eventually they get back to the house and then the fairies break into the fucking house and it's just fucking chaos. Yeah. There's incredible scenes of her holding back the door of trying to prevent these fairies from getting up into the attic, a scene of him using the ax to chop one of them in the roof. Now it's filmed in the dark, which is smart. You keep your creature in the dark, as Mm -hmm. you always say, Scotty. Um, And I thought the creatures in this, and this whole second act was just like, the second act kind of leading into the third was fucking like it was nail biting. Like it yeah, went like, from like build, build, build to bang, 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 bang action for like the last bit of the movie. Yeah, it ended up being like a straight up siege on the house. Yes. And yes. like, yeah, especially once they get to the attic and you see like the hands like ripping through the flooring and oh my God, it's horrifying. Like, because the mother is right there trying to fight them off and like their claw, they got the long, elongated claws and everything. And their hands just look absolutely horrifying, like demon hands. Oh and, man, it's fucked. And like, then they hurt the dad and he starts to like change, I think. Is that yeah, where? Yeah, you because yeah, I think he ended up getting something in his eye or he got cut yeah. right in the eye. Yeah. And that eye ends up going like a milky white and he starts like, starts having like rage issues and like starts like slowly just like kind of losing it and forgetting what's going on or like just like seeing something that is not there and yeah like he's he sees finn but he sees like a changeling version of finn but it was a changeling though right. here's the like thing he was that I, right that time right here's the thing that i thought was fucking crazy about this movie on a second watch so i love how you segued into that so he gets hurt and is slowly turning into a fairy and now when we say fairy people, we're not talking like Tinkerbell. We're talking no. like some fucking scared as, as Scott, you know, eloquently described it earlier, some scary shit. And the they take the baby, she chases it, goes into a marsh where she thinks she finds her son. 
and brings him back. And she says to her husband, like she gives him Finn and goes, he needs to be changed and washed. And her husband looks at him and goes, this isn't Finn. This isn't Finn. And when I, first time I watched this movie, I'm like, oh, he's crazy. He's crazy, right? Which isn't the case. It wasn't Finn. And I think the reason why is because he was turning into a fairy, he could now see things through their perspective. Mm -hmm. So he could see that it was a trick, which is, you know, that again, very common in, in Irish, Irish folklore is that you're being played a trick. Um, yep. And since he was still human, but also a little bit on the fairy side, he still yep. had his faculties enough to be like, wait, this isn't my son. Where yes. if, the, if he was full fairy, he just wouldn't have said anything. Well, no, because he would have known the baby was going to be changed as well. Right. Yeah. And I really love the back and forth between himself and his wife. I would say this movie needs two watches. It needs a, a first time watch. Now I know we've realized we spoiled it for people who, <laughs> but if you haven't, hopefully you have watched it for the first time before you've watched this, you know, we do spoilers in this section, but if you watch it on a second time, knowing what's going to happen, I found it just as equally interesting. Cause I'm like, what I had caught this, like what I had put it together that he was telling the truth i don't think i would have and that's a good fucking film yeah. to make me quite like i know the outcome now so i know what it was but i'm like nah, nothing in his behavior would make me really figure it out because they do such a good job of making it look he's going crazy instead of the fact that he's turning and fighting right. it right um yeah like and then of course we have you know the scene where she's rejected from the neighbor um that doesn't want to help her and he goes out to get the baby he finds the real finn he finds cora who is the little girl that went missing he has these stands off with the fairies and then the switcheroo scene mm-hmm. um yeah even when the first time i saw this movie i'm like which is the real finn like i really <laughs> right. didn't know right yeah i was saying uh like this is where you see that the husband is pretty much changed over like i'd say about 80 percent changed oh, yeah. over to fairy because like everything like he's starting to have like the bark skin and spikes showing yeah. up through his flesh and yeah he's like almost fully gone he's got like a little bit left of him of his human side but and it's just enough to like basically save her basically save her and his child and yeah. like talk about fucking makeup yet again bravo movie for using your budget where it counted and his transition because they film it in the dark and because the fairies live in the dark just so we're clear that they can't be in sunlight yeah um it is fucking amazing and this whole scene where there's the two fins the the trick and the real fin and you're wondering is she gonna fucking pick the right one and as she's running away and he sacrifices himself to fight off the other fairies you see the sunlight coming in and you see the fin that was left behind turn and into dust because it was yep. a trick and she has the real fin and fuck is such an emotional ending this is you know this movie just watching it again just solidified for me why it was in my top 50 it's just yeah, such it's a, a good fucking film yeah it's a dark heavy film but it t- talks about mythology in such a realistic way and pulls in a lot of the folklore from back then like uh and the one thing that i loved is that iron iron is one yes. thing that hurts the fairies that is a thing that i have known for years from being into the mythologies that i have been into because fairies are afraid of iron because it hurts them and yeah. it's always been something i knew about with the fairy like uh the fey folk basically and yeah that is i'm glad they brought that into this because yeah it's definitely true mythology absolutely no i i couldn't agree more and i just and even the ending of this is a quasi happy ending in a sense, because, you know, Finn survives and, and the mom survives. And then the they, have you watched it through the credits? No. So it gets 
it's it's starting on the forest like there's a music playing in the background and then it kind of starts to focus in on the forest and all you hear is the sound of the fairies oh right um it's it's a really interesting environmental film too it does talk on environmentalism and um, they're talking about the privatization cell of forces in ireland uh, and man it's a really this is a must-watch movie i think this and grabbers if if yeah. you're interested in irish films or any good films in general mythology wise this one obviously isn't funny there's nothing really funny in the hollow uh grabbers is comical but yeah. both are worth your time check them out completely agree like yeah the right. hollow rewatching i'm glad it did because this movie was fucking awesome right um and then we have another movie that wasn't as fucking awesome but that's okay um we'll not all of them it. can be winners not all of them can be winners so i'll let scott lead us in all right so the next film we're going to talk about is probably one that kind of strays away from any mythology for the most part as which was like, weird because it was supposed to be mythology yeah and it just kind of strays away from it um, like, but uh but that film is called don't leave home which was released march 10th 2018 uh the synopsis is an american artist's obsession with a disturbing urban legend leads her to an investigation of the story's origins at the crumbling estate of a reclusive painter in ireland um so yeah i was just telling heather this off of break I watched this movie two days ago, three days ago at this point, and I'm having a hard time remembering anything that happened in it. And then when I went to go log it into Letterboxd, apparently I had seen this before sometime in 2018 because I had logged it and rated it three out of five stars. I watched this and had no recollection that I've ever watched this before. So that is saying something about this film that like I it just did not hold my attention. Um, I don't know why I gave it three out of five stars. Like, <laughs> if it didn't hold my attention, it should have at least been a two and a half. Because it was like a good, mo- well-made movie, but entertainment-wise did not stick out. So, um, so yeah, like this, uh, it's films, yeah, basically about this woman that had like kind of recreates this, like, what would that, what would that statue be? Like a Mother Mary statue almost? Sure, yeah, Mary? we'll go with that, Virgin Mary. Like she's trying to recreate it out yeah. of this woods. And this, uh, reclusive painter basically hires her to do this and just kind of weird shit starts happening around the house like you kind of think that's going towards the mythology of like what this meaning of the statue has to do with anything and it really doesn't like it ends up just being more about the weirdos in the house yeah i think they were supposed to be witches like i think i was confused was like yeah witches or like some type of demonic presence or something I, uh, so yeah, so this woman is a, in um, American and she does this like collection that gets a really bad review, but this, you know, world renowned painter in Ireland says he likes her work and he wants her to come over. So she does, originally I thought she was in Ireland and then she was yeah. just going there. But anyway, um, it's not bad. The, the interactions between the two main characters, uh, Melanie and Alistair are fine. Alistair is actually obviously a pretty good actor. Melanie is fine for the role that she plays in. I think what this movie suffered from was inconsistency of plot um, and lacking strong dialogue. There was some dialogue that was good and then it kind of just dragged it out. Cause what you, when you think she's going there and you get the sense that there's some creepy stuff happening, she's having visions when she's sleeping and eventually they're really pressuring for her to stay for this unrevealing, like this unveiling of the, 
of her artwork and like it is the most fucking i want to be clockwork orange but i'm not fucking seen i've ever seen like <laughs> all these fucking white dudes are in top hats at this party so and true. condescending mark remarks to her and very like toxic masculinity shit but they're old and then she gets drugged and she's kind of put into this trance like state and then she's sacrificed by what seems this cult of witches or wit wardlocks or I don't know, random people to another dimension because that's what this guy can do with his paintings. That's his gift. And she finds there's other people that have been sacrificed and she's trying to get back. And the guy who did the paintings wants to get out of this cult thing because he used to be a priest. Like, I think the story looked good on paper. But then when they actually applied it, it just didn't have the same delivery that it yeah. could have. Um, we, we we had a hard time picking the fourth movie. I was going to get us to do Shrooms, but Shrooms is really funny and not really about any kind of Irish folklore. It's just basically a slasher set in Ireland. Um, and I was thinking of Wakewood, but I wasn't sure if Scott would like Wakewood. I feel like I should have chose Wakewood, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll say, I think I may have watched that one. I'm not sure. Sounds familiar. Yeah, it's a 2012. It's basically like Pet Cemetery. A little girl dies and you can bring a child back for three days. Ah, okay. And she comes back not the same, you know. Spoiler! Um, but yeah, so this movie, there's really not much to unpack. I think it was supposed to be a story about witches. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, like, I was really confused because then, yeah, the whole trance-like dream state, I'm going, what the hell is going on now? This is not the route that I expected it to go. Yeah. Um, there really wasn't a lot happening. Like, I love the whole, you know, hey, let's bring an artist here to do, like, for this weird creepy dude to do work for him and unveil. I'm like, I like the idea of this. Yeah. And it just unfolded in a strange way that just didn't make sense to me. Like, I'm, yeah. and like I said, like, I watched this three days ago and I already forgot majority of what happened, especially towards the end. Like, I remember getting drugged and waking up in, like, a dreamlike world. Yeah, and like, she, other than that, were all the other people that have been drugged. It's like their life forces had been drained. Yeah, and given to the people that want to be in Clockwork Orange, but the target version of it. Um, yeah, it was just it was dumb. It was not like it started off with a strong premise. I was like, oh, this could be really interesting. And then I was like, this is just really fucking weird. The third act is where it kind of crumbled, um, which is a shame. But you know what, Ireland, you can't hit them all out of the park. So right, exactly. Like, know, um, and this is probably one I probably should have watched at home instead of at work because I could have given it a little more of my attention. But at the same time, I have a feeling if I watched it at home, I would have been grabbing for my phone more. Oh, yeah. You were on your phone the entire time. It was, yeah. um, you know, out of all four, it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. No, I, it's I've not horrible. Films, but I think that it was just a disappointment because it, it took what we were expecting for a mythology of whatever mythology it was trying to present and just didn't do a good job of delivering. The, you know, did a good job of buildup but the delivery just wasn't there. Yep, um, yeah, I'll say it was well-made. It was well-acted, had an I interesting idea for a plot. And it just, yeah. Yeah, it just kind of went a path. I It almost went like an art house style path while yeah. not being art house. Yeah, it was anyway, we don't recommend it. So stick with the hollow and crappers. <laughs> you know, watch Shrooms. Shrooms is fucking yes, funny. Shrooms is hilarious. Um, you know, watch that. Or Rakewood. Those are better films than this. And we should have picked one of those. Um, but we'll move on to our final film. All right. So the final film, uh, 
It came out uh, 2020. Uh, yeah. I think it dropped on Shutter last year, but it's uh, Boys from County Hell, released April 2020. A crew of hardy road workers led by a bickering father and son must survive the night when they accidentally awaken an ancient Irish vampire. Um, I remember when we first talked about this film on our What We Watched seg- segment, I kind of compared this to Shaun of the Dead, but uh, rewatching it now, no, this is definitely more horror than Shaun of the Dead. Like oh, there yeah. is some comedy in it, but it's like it's sprinkled throughout, like at a nice pace. So it's not nearly as slapsticky. But uh, I love this because yeah, it's like basically they uh, have the uh, the cairn out in the middle of the field, where it's supposed to be the uh, corpse of what would be considered basically Dracula where Bram Stoker got his idea because the originally yeah. the vampire lore came from Ireland. Yeah. Like everything. Like, came yep, from which Ireland. I just, yeah. Just then, then, you know, other cultures stole the idea yep. and used it for their own. Yeah. Um, so I love the fact that they actually, you know, focus on the, the fact that these, the vampire mythology came from Ireland. I love yep. that. And, uh, I love that this type of vampire isn't the type that's like, yeah, I'm going to suck your blood by biting your neck or whatever. No, it like somehow magically drains people's blood from wherever he is. And it just comes out of every hole and orifice of people's bodies Mm -hmm. and just pulls Mm -hmm. to the ground and just slowly gets like the blood moves towards the vampire. I love that. That's how like the mythology for this one and how they did that. That is freaking awesome. And like the characters in this, like you feel so bad because you got the main character who is uh, this young kid who's Eugene. Just, yes, Eugene. That's just kind of like just being like, you know, typical like young, young adult just wanting to drink and have fun and not really worry about working, just kind of going job mm-hmm. for job. Mm-hmm. And then he decides to finally get a job and ends up being the one that smashes this cairn with a forklift and kind of is what awakens the uh, vampire underneath. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. Well, and and also his buddy gets killed in the field. I think the setup for this is really smart because they have some tourists that show up that they take out and they're Canadian, by the way. Yes, I love that wearing maple leaves on their shirts. <laughs> right, and, and ridiculous. And they take them out to the field and they're telling them the story of vampirism in, in Ireland and they scare them and they fucking take off. And uh, it's funny. Like, and I like that segue because it gives you the the rural history. I think this movie yes. was really well written. Uh, same with Hall the Hollow. Like, I felt like I got a really they they were like, well, we'll have some tourists come. They'll be at the pub. We'll make them Canadian, <laughs> which about time. Um, <laughs> and we'll tell them the story as they're walking out to. So they're also involving the audience on what's going on too. Yeah, like it's a right? good way of doing the uh, exposition. Yeah, and later on, you know, Eugene's friend William gets killed by a bull out in the middle of this field. They're walking home drunk, and he gets killed, and his blood seeps into the ground where the vampire is, right? And I really, I really enjoyed like the layers of how they built onto this film. I enjoy the interaction between Francis and Eugene, who's Francis is his dad. There's some clever fucking one-liners that go back and forth between the two of them. Like there was one scene that I thought was really, really funny. So the vampire basically turns one of the other dudes, like one of the older guys that's guarding this area, right? And yet again, the pipeline doesn't want to be laid. No one wants this pipeline through. It's destroying people's homes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <laughs> he gets turned 
and then there's this huge conflict and they're trying to kill this vampire and they can't kill him i thought that was hilarious i don't yes. know if you thought that was funny but they what do they do they like try stabbing him through the heart doesn't yep. work yep they stab him through the heart uh what else was there uh I'm trying to forget. I just watched this yesterday and I'm already drawing. Like they hit him with the car. They. Okay. Yes. I was going to say, I thought they hit him with the car, but I wasn't sure. And then eventually they realized they have to bury him and they have to put stones on him. But they take the stones from the one grave, which is where the head big vampire is, and they cover the one grave and then the head vampire gets out. A real scary motherfucker. Yeah. Right. And there's a part where Eugene calls the police. And this to me was really funny. And he's like trying to report. And you can tell, like, there's a common theme with these Irish films where, like, nothing really happens in the small towns. And they, he says something like, What does he look like? He has dark skin. Cause he's oh, a yeah, dark skin. And every, and all the people that are around him when they, when he, and says they all that, like, kind of go, Oh my God. They all put their head, their hands in their hands. And <laughs> sheriff's like are the blue chiefs like eugene we are an inclusive community and like (laughs) and it's funny because you would assume in ireland there's a lot of white people so you know you would assume that if someone who wasn't white was walking around ireland they would probably be like that's different so obviously there is some racism there but i get what they were trying to do with it and he was dark like he's a vampire so he was completely dark running around like he looked like a shadow yeah um they don't really focus in on him he does look like a shadow so i thought like little stuff like that was funny and there's a part where his dad and him he goes to hug his dad and his dad's like what are you doing you're not five years old i'm not hugging you like it was just some funny shit that happens i don't know what stood out for you scott but it was like like it was that fight that scene at the at the quarry for me or at the job site yeah that uh the fight there and uh actually one of the it's the very beginning scene that kind of comes back into play mm, later yeah. with the uh old couple and the and the they're just you know married old couple sitting at the front of the tv and all of a sudden the old woman just starts having a bloody nose that just starts gushing blood and she's just like looks over at her husband going what the hell is going on and she looks over at her husband and his eyes are just pouring blood and they're like what the fuck and you just see the uh, pool of blood that hit the floor and just kind of like start moving away from them and going underneath the door. Like that is a way to open a fucking movie. Like yeah. right? that was like, yeah. holy shit, what the fuck is going on? Um, now, you know, that guy was the drunk from grabbers, right? That. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Same uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another thing that stood out to me was uh, cause there were a few that got turned into vampires. Yes. Uh, not a whole lot, just a couple. Yeah. Um, and the way they were turned into vampires is very interesting. It was the stones having to mm-hmm. be like cut into their skin uh, is what transformed them. Cause the stones had some magic cause of the vampire buried underneath as well. Yep. And that's how his friend William ended up coming back. Cause he got smashed into the, uh, into the cairn by the uh, bull and the stones ended up like cutting him and kind of awakening him later when he was on the autopsy table. And, and then that's same with the uh, one they got turned that they were trying to fight off and they couldn't kill like that same guy that had the bull ended up coming out because he wanted to keep people away from that area. So he came out and uh, killed the guy and then used the stone to scrape into his skin and wake him up to kind of like kill off anybody that tries to like mess with anything out in that field which I thought that was a nice little twist and like a different, uh, like it basically turns the, takes the whole vampire mythology that we all know and just completely turns it on its head. It does. And it kind of wanks you wonder what the real mythology is, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, could that be the real mythology or is this just something new and twist, like a new twist to the thing? 
Well, I assume since it's Irish and the vampire mythology started in Ireland, it's probably accurate. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Right? So this movie is, anyway, there is a, there's a climax. They fight the final vampire, the dad and the son. And there's some good comedy that goes back and forth between them. Um, There's a part where they, like the part where their son, like George tries to shoot his son, but his son kills him. Like this this movie is a really smooth runtime. Yeah. And there's some great one-liners similar to Grabbers. There's some great one-liners that are delivered in this film. It's so well put together. It's, it's a really easy watch and the ending is kind of a happy ending like uh one of the main chicks that's kind of assisted throughout the old movie is going off to australia and gonna hashtag live her best life and he the guy the main guy is kind of getting his shit together and you know it's it's a really well done film and i think with this film i i think a second watch was needed for me to really dig it like I think I enjoyed it enough the first time, but I liked right. it a lot more the second time. Like watching it now, and I think watching more Irish four core and having more of appreciation. Like this is a great film on Shutter that if you haven't checked it out, please or give it a second watch too because it's totally worth it. Oh, absolutely! Like yeah, this was a very very good film, and like I said, I looked at it differently the first time I watched it, and then the second time I'm going, no, it's way more serious than I gave it credit for, and like it it's really got a great story to it yeah and you love all the characters you like care for everybody agreed yeah so these were some you know besides the the third one the rest of them were great some really great four core if you're into four core then irish films are something you should be checking out like i think you're at a real loss if you haven't had a chance to to watch some of these films so please watch them um you either got some good comedy that's in them or some very serious stuff that's in them but either way you're looking at some pretty entertaining movies now it's interesting for out of the dark segment um we're kind of keeping on the vampire theme and what i suggested to scott we talked about is the inconsistencies of the vampire mythology scott already alluded to it in some comments he made earlier um and I said to him, well, which movie and which lore do we prefer? Do we each have a, a preference of like, because in every movie, it's like some can be in the sunlight, some can't be in the sunlight, garlic affects some, doesn't affect others. Like, I find there's always so many different fucking shit that happens with vampires that I don't even know what the right thing is. Um, so do we have a movie and do we have a lore that we prefer? So I'll let Scotty go first. All right. So, yeah, because uh I think the reason we have like so many different variations on this lore is because, you know, same old, same old vampire stories can get a bit, you know, get stale because you do them so often. So movies have to get creative, kind of like in the zombie genre. Well, you know, that type of stuff happens a lot. Um, But for me, I think the one that kind of nails like certain aspects of the vampiric lore uh, and is one of my all, and it is my all time favorite zombie movie, or not zombie, vampire movie is Let the Right One In. Mm. Just because this takes the whole ancient vampire that uh, has to basically have a, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the, uh, uh, a thrall, uh, which is, you know, a human that is uh, promised vampirism at some point that will help the vampire do whatever it needs to survive. Because obviously, being a vampire there are certain things you cannot do because you know you have to be around during the daylight to be able to do this stuff and uh so they need a human thrall type character to be able to protect them and help them with things that they cannot do during the day and to keep people away yeah and also to for this character um you know her being a little girl vampire uh she has him go out and do some of her killing for her just so she's not caught and you know seen out in the world 
Yeah. And like, so yeah, like he's going out and he's a, you know, old and he's bumbling fool. And like when he goes to kill mm. somebody, he screws up and spills all the blood and shit like that happens a lot to him. And, and it's cause, and this is where I thought it was also fascinating is she got him as a thrall and lured him in basically to help her when he was also the same age as Oscar, the boy that she's befriending now so he he was a little boy when this thrall came around so like now he's an old man because he's been helping her for so long and like you know just showing the sadness that comes along with this where it's like yep she's a little girl when she met you when you were a little boy and now 100 like you know 50 years or so go by and here you are an old man and she's still the young girl so she's watching you grow old and die as and having to continue doing this over and over and over again for the rest of her life and it's sad and like but at the same time i think she has been through it enough that she's just like all right time to find a new one yeah i you know what's funny is the more i talk about this movie because i've talked about that movie on a couple of podcasts now the more i really don't like the girl and i'd like the movie but i think she's a little bitch because she purposely triggered like catches people that are young yes and then ruins their life and makes them serve her till she has no purpose for them and then she kills them which makes sense for being a vampire that's what vampires do Yep, they're she's not looking supposed out for herself. Like generous, kind individuals. I think because she's a child, it's masqueraded as such. Um, but it's not. It's no, not. Like, like a lot of the time, vampires are romanticized. And this is yeah. she is not. She is cruel. She is doing, she is selfish. She's doing this for herself. Like, obviously, she likes the companionship of them, like, especially when yeah. they're her that at that age and stuff like that. Because being a vampire has got to be extremely lonely. And so like having the companionship, but also she sees them as a throwaway object. Absolutely. And and it's obviously not the first one she's had and Oscar will not be the last one either. And I think you're right. I think the, the, that's a modern day telling of vampirism that is very, very interesting and kind of follows the idea of vampirism, you know, to a T of, you're sucking other people's life force basically. And you're doing what you need to do to be alive forever. And there's of course always movies where the vampire is sometimes not a horrible person. Like we saw Night Teeth where one of those vampires has somewhat of a conscience, right? Yeah. So you have your silly vampire movies where you have, you know, maybe one vampire that isn't like completely bad and is still kind of a good person, so to say. But I do appreciate the lores where it's like, no, nah, no, nah, this vampire doesn't give a fuck and will fuck you up and will eat you and kill you. Yeah. I think that's and, really interesting. And another thing I love about the lore of the of the vampire in this is uh, that uh, they actually get into details about the whole being invited being invited into a home yeah yeah um where like oscar's just like what you can't walk into a house she's like no i gotta be invited he's like well what if i don't invite you like and i but you still come in and she just walks in and when she does like as soon as she steps over that threshold you see just like her sweating blood and blood just pooling up around her like it's actually like slowly killing her and he's like oh no 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 you're you're uh you're invited you're invited but i love that it actually shows like Yep. In most movies, like vampires, like if they're not invited in, they just can't come in. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, in this one, no, she's like, no, I can still walk in, but I am going I'm to gonna, die. <laughs> it's going to eat me from the inside out, right? Yeah. And, and I love that. I thought that was a very interesting take on the whole 
being invited. And that's similar in Fright Night. He can't come in unless he's invited as well, too. Yeah. Um, 30 Days of Night. I don't think that, like, I like 30 Days of Night a lot. I know a lot of people shit on that movie. I think it's really great. I think the vampires yeah. in there are fucking terrifying. Terrifying. I actually really enjoy that vampire film quite a bit because they're, they don't give a fuck. They're just yeah. kill machines and they go up there because they know there's 30 Days of Night and they can feed without any disruptions. Yep. And once again, um, it's uh, vampires that are not romanticized at all. They're no. like, portrayed as straight up monsters. Right. And then even like Blade, I, he's a half bred vampire. Like he's human, half human, half vampire. Yeah. Daywalker. Daywalker. Right. Which they have the Daywalker kind of thoughts in it. Um, which I guess, and I know this isn't a strong vampire film, but I think I feel like Twilight was kind of trying to do that. Is that it was a daywalk, like he was a daywalker, those vampires. Like, yeah, but just that uh, they were basically, if they walked into the daylight, they were announcing themselves as vampires because they'd start sparkling or whatever. Yeah, right. And we can all make fun of it. Like it was written for fucking teenage girls, everyone. Like, let's just be realistic here. And if you watch the movies, they're painful, but like they're, they're four teenage girls. So, you know, I thought that was always interesting. Um, people are so like, people get so upset about Twilight. Like, it's a fucking... Yeah, it's just because it was so popular and it was made for like, teen- teenage girls. And like, if you're a real horror fan, dude, these are terrible movies, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's just not for you. It was not made for you. No, like, it's not like anyone's going to be like, oh man, I love Nosferatu and fucking Twilight as my vampire films. Like, obviously- they're made for a specific genre like even movies that came out like nice night teeth or um the other one that we saw last year that was on netflix the vampire hunter movies with the kids oh yeah 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 i can't remember what that uh, one was called but it was uh scott may try to look it up maybe while yeah i'm, I'm gonna look it up Jack, but like those movies are fluffy fucking it, like even you can argue the lost boys people fucking praise the ground the lost boys walk on but they were all it's because you love the 80s like don't get me wrong i enjoy the lost boys too i think it's a really fun movie with keith or sutherland but there's lots of cheese cheese vampire shit in there that's nothing like Nosferatu or like 30 days of night or like let the right one in or let me in or whatever like they're they're there or a girl walks home alone at night like there's yes. other vampire films that take themselves way more seriously than the fucking lost boys do um or fright night for that matter as well fright night is another one that's fun like you got sexy um oh my god i can't remember his name now um, my boyfriend this is uh, Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon doing his sexy time dances and being all seductive. And then you got the remake with Colin Farrow, where he makes that comment about her, his mom smelling good and his girls smelling ripe and mm-hmm. like all this other shit. Like, you know, like those are supposed to be sexy and silly. I don't know. I feel like you got categories and people shit on Twilight. Just don't fucking watch the films, man. And let yeah, well, those teenage girls enjoy their fucking edward fucking the vampire film well and when you brought up uh lost boys lost boys is just the 80s version of twilight i know people like no it's not okay no i've watched it recently and i was a first time watching me in the last couple of years i had a good time with it but it's beautiful vampires and they're seductive and they have an orgy and you come and you get turned it's a fun movie. It's fucking awesome. It's lots of fun, but it's no fucking Nosferatu, or right, it's, it's no not... fucking let the right one in. Like no, it's it was made for you know teenage girls for the most part, but also you know yeah. like it, that one was just a little darker than Twilight, but it but it was still the same thing. But it had um, the hot music and the hot look that guys. Yes, exactly. To look I mean, like. we had a sexy saxophone player for no reason that was shirtless yeah. and muscular. Like that's um, what that was about. But I did look up the other movie that you're talking about on Netflix, and that was Vampires versus the Bronx. That's what it was. Yet again, a fluffy, fun vampire film. Yep. And then 
when I was looking that one up, this one got brought up on like when I was kind of scrolling through, but uh, another interesting take on vampirism, Blood Red Sky from Netflix, Blood where Red it Sky, showed vampirism yep. kind of like as the woman is a kind of a cancer patient. Yeah. She, like she looked, you know, monstrous, like when she took her wig off, cause like her head was elongated and bald, yep. but like, you know, she just looked like frail and fragile until she turned into the beast. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Bliss. Remember Bliss? Yeah. That's a take on vampirism too. Like, there's so many films that are a take on vampirism. And I feel like you get a handful of films that are really raw, that are really like, and I think the boys from County Hell, County Hell, that version of vampirism is actually very raw. Even though it's a comedy, the vampire is non, non-feeling, non-thinking kill machine. Yeah. There's no funny dialogue. There's no sexy, sexy, sexy. And I know we're not bringing up Bram Stoker's Dracula because I think that that movie is very sexualized um he's supposed to be sexy there's a whole love story and stuff in there and, and that's and that's yet again fine there's nothing wrong with liking that kind of vampire film but oh, i love that movie right like but there's lots of different types of films and like i love a, a girl walks home alone at night as a vampire film i think that film reflects true vampirism because even though you kind of get her as a character you really don't she doesn't say a lot she's yeah. just kind of creepy in there so yeah i, I think Sorry, go ahead, Scott. I'll say then another version that I was thinking of uh, is uh, Abel Ferreira's Addiction. And it basically uh, treats like this vampirism as like you are a drug addict for this blood now. And you have like, and it's like showing a woman that has become a vampire that's like fiending for blood and treats Mm -hmm. it like it's uh, like addiction to a very powerful addictive drug like crack and crystal meth and all that shit and what she will do for it. Yeah. And it's like a hard look at that. And it's like, there's there's so many different takes on vampirism now. And it's like, I love that, that we have these different varieties and nothing just seems the same. And Absolutely. I love people taking a, taking, a, taking a step out of the box, so to speak. I will personally always lean towards maybe the darker versions of yes. vampirism, right? Myself. I, I don't necessarily like my vampires being a quasi-protagonist or overly dashing and smart and sexy. I, I personally doesn't mean I don't like those films and I think they have their place I prefer the darker grittier version of it Um, I like when sunlight is the thing that kills them Um, I like the whole stake through the heart kind of thing the garlic thing meh I don't really care about that and that's consistency but I do like the sunlight concept and I do like the stake through the heart concept but that yes. doesn't mean I can't like, no, I don't enjoy the Twilight films at all. Like I find them poorly written and poorly acted yet again, not made for me, but I can sit and watch like Fright Night, both the original and the remake and enjoy it for what it is. I can watch right. the Lost Boys and the fun, the fun ones that we've talked about. And there was an all female one that was LGBTQ friendly that came out oh, yeah. two years yeah. ago. That was vampirism. What was it? What was it called? Bit? Yep. That was great. Like, you know, like it's, those are fun and fluffy and they can be a good time too. Um, but I do definitely like my vampires darker. Yeah. And uh, actually one, I'm so shocked we didn't bring up earlier, but uh, what we do in the shadows does a great representation oh, yeah. of like covering all the different mythologies of yeah. vampires that have been brought into film. Yeah. Like it's a fantastic way. It's like fantastic way to introduce uh, someone that's not into vampire lore to what vampire lore is really like. Like here's the old Nosferatu type character and what he can deal with. Here's a freshly made new one that's starting to learn like, oh, I can't eat food or I will vomit up blood. Like I can't eat yeah. regular food. And like, yeah. And it's just showing like the different variations of the vampire mythology. And I love that. 
I agree with you. I, and I think they all have their place, right? And they, and I think that's the one thing that's good about the vampire mythology. And we'll talk about other mythologies as well as we go through, but I think there's so much flexibility with it. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's doing something like Bliss or it's doing something like From Dust Till Dawn or 30 Days of Night, you can kind of make it whatever you want it to be. And you can play with the, mantho- with the mythology uh, to make it the kind of film that you want it to be made. Exactly. Uh, and I think it stands the test of time. That's why we've had vampire movies going back from when you could first make film to now. And yeah. I think to say this one is the best is, I, I personally don't think a fair statement. I think you can say, I like this mythology the best and I like this storytelling of it the best. But I think there's a lot of really solid, good vampire films. And to pick one above all of them, I don't know if that's a fair statement to make. I really don't. Right. No, like I can see you saying this is my my personal favorite. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but like yeah, it's kind of tough to say what would be the best vampire film just because there's so many variations out there that have done something completely and different. We got over a hundred years of vampire films. Yeah. Like, we have a lot of films. Like if we tried to watch all the different vampire films, and and that's just if we look at fucking North American films. Yeah. Never mind if we started to expand into different countries and and different languages and all the different vampires and films that come from there. Like, I just think when people say this is the best film, unless you've watched all those films and done some kind of deep analysis on them, I don't know if you can really say this is the all time best film. You can say it's my all time favorite and it's the one I like the most. But with that, led with the mythology being what it is and being so complex, um, I think it's important though to explore all of the different fields and figure out which one works for you and which one you enjoy the most. Yeah, completely agree. Right. So that's our. Sorry, go ahead, Scott. I I like this uh, topic that we're going to be kind of rolling with for a while for out of the dark. It's going to be fun to kind of like talk about the other types of mythological creatures out there. Well, and how the mythology is seen and like, and I, and as we started talking for this vampire stuff, I thought, shit, man, that is really different. Yeah. Like there's so many different versions of vampirism that that I didn't even really think about it till now. And when we started talking about it and I realized I'm like, shit, like, you know, I do have, you know, my comical vampires. Like I love Dracula dead and loving it. I think that movie is amazing. Right. Like, but it's not a serious vampire film. I I enjoyed The Lost Boys. I enjoyed Fright Night, both the original and the remake. I actually really like the remake. Um, I think it's great. I love 30 Days of Night. I enjoyed Blade when it came out. I watched all the fucking Blades. I thought they were entertaining. Fuck yeah. Right? Like, I I don't know. Interview with a Vampire. Like, there's yeah, so Interview many. Interview with a Vampire right? is one that, yeah, I love that movie. And Race, right? Like, there's yep. just so many cool films that are out there and different looks on it and i really loved bliss i thought bliss was fucking exceptional right so look at what's out there watch different kinds of mythology and you know decide what works for you yeah is really the message of today's out of the dark because we are all about messages we are all about being deep like vampires we're all about going deep yeah yeah we are high five high five high five five. (laughs) um and i think so our next films i don't know maybe we should just do the full uk maybe we should do some scottish horror films and then maybe we should do some england horror films yes i i I like that idea and i think that will lead me up to our trip my trips (laughs) 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 even though i'm not going to scotland i'm just going to ireland and england but um that might be fun i think it'd be yeah, fun i'll say we'll have to like we'll have to kind of look through uh see what type of scottish films there are there's got to be there's got to be i bet you there's tons on lock lock ness monster nessie oh i bet i'm kind of doing a quick google search that's a huge fucking money oh, maker wicker man yep uh a lot of movies i never heard of lord of tears white settlers calibre mike matriarch Ah, let us pray i've heard of yeah so there's definitely a nice variety oh yep there it is uh incident at loch ness <laughs> 
See, there's got to be something about Nessie on there. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely Wicker Man. Oh man, I enjoy Wicker Man. Fuck it's been yeah, a while that since we watched that one. Yeah, we should definitely watch Wicker Man. So yeah, those are just some of the films that will some of the things we'll be looking at doing before my trip. Um, thanks for Scott for like doing this random theme with me. Uh, happy post St. Patty's Day, everybody. Hope you yeah, had a great time. Happy St. Patty's Day. And hope y'all drink yourself silly, but also uh, we're safe and had a great time with it well and don't forget that some of us are still going to keep partying on to saturday so when you guys are hearing this i still have every intention of going out and you know drinking like crazy the in next other words heather to... says she's not done drinking until monday no no saint patrick's day well and i'm not usually a big saint patrick's person i just want to party because it's been two years of fucking covid and right. oh, today is march 13th 2022 so Let's all give ourselves a pat on the back for making it to this point because two years ago today, our lives changed yes. and they changed in a way that we never thought would be possible. So I would like to actually just take a second to thank Scotty um, for being there for me throughout and this entire And thank you thing. for being there for me as well. Like this has been an insane two years because of everything that has happened. And yeah, because I started getting the memories on Facebook of like yeah. the toilet paper shortage and all that shit that was going on. And then like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was around like, it, yeah, two years we have survived that like a lot of us have survived this. Unfortunately, there are a lot that have not survived this. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, you're still here today. Pat yourself on the back and just be thankful that, you know, things are definitely different. Things are still not in a good spot, but we are getting there. You know, I, I never thought I'd be so grateful for little things like being able to travel and being able to go out to a restaurant and really like a lot of privileged stuff. I know I'm saying here, but man, these two years have really taught me about the strength of online relationships, online communities. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited that I'm going to be able to meet most of the people that I haven't had a chance to in person this year. I'm really, really excited for that. Um, because these online communities were things that got me through some really, really rough times. And, yeah, same. Right. And Scott and I have been doing Friday Nightmares for just over two years virtually. Uh, yeah. wow. So we made that switch. We literally only did two episodes in person and switched to doing virtual. And I don't think we would ever go back to in person. There'd be no reason to. No. We have to get all those mics set up. Oh my God, that'd be a fucking headache. We would never do that. Um, maybe our final episode of I'll Come Out to Michigan. If not that we're there yet, but maybe that's what we would do is a, you know, we end off together. Kind a of proper send off type yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Like maybe that's what we'll do, but that's not anywhere on the horizon yet. So, right. Um, but yeah, it's incredible. So cheers to you. This is, you know, this will be released on March 18th. So cheers to you for getting to this point um, and hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world, because we've all been affected by this. So, yeah. um, and thanks for sticking with us and um, going through this pandemic because majority of our show has been during the pandemics. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, it's what caused us to start going bi-weekly instead of monthly, just to keep our sanity and just release something yeah. for people to listen to. So, right. And here we are 54 episodes later. It's crazy. It is crazy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for the ride. As always, you can find us on the Legion podcast network. Please hit that subscribe button on Spotify or any of the, um, I guess, I guess you could say streaming services that you subscribe to. Please check out Legion Patreon if you're not already a member. Because if you're not a member. What are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? 
you can join for three dollars a month and you get access to lots of extra content unfortunately scott and i have not released extra content onto patreon pay uh patreon pay patreon legion patreon i was silently cheerleading cheering you you got this um just because scott's busy now i'm gonna be busy but it's really scott to be honest with you like i'm glad that i can even get him to bi-weekly record this show i haven't felt like pushing my luck and trying to get him to do a third one either um because then he also has to watch the movies and then he doesn't have a lot of time because he's doing not i keep saying work but i him and i both know it's not work that's taking well no no this no these last two weeks has been a lot of work stuff yes but that's but like no it's been it's just been life in general yes it's been socializing yes has been the biggest factor dating life well that's see i was saying socializing because i didn't want to say dating but it's dating (laughs) dating a majority of his time it's not his magic tournaments believe it or not um no he hasn't fully fully gone pro yet he hasn't gone the full pro (laughs) no it's because i'm already a pro well when you're this famous you know like honestly you know like you're a big deal. So eventually we'll get back to doing, you know, our top fives again. I'm sure uh, yeah. that will be a goal that we'll do. We did do a bunch in December. We should have just saved those and fucking released them, but we didn't think <laughs> that far ahead. So here well, we, we made it easy for ourselves during the holiday season. By doing we, both, did. So. we did make it easy for ourselves. This is true. So next time we will be doing either Scottish or um horror from england <laughs> english from england that <laughs> <laughs> from uh the eternal the eternal sp- fuck my the eternal God. darkness get- of the not so spotless mind honestly podcast. guys can you get a fucking shorter name <laughs> when we're meeting up in london we're changing the name of your podcast to something that i can say without scott <laughs> doing it for me which means it will have to be one word or two the eternal the eternal podcast the internal podcast with matt and kate um but matt made fun of me was like english films from england however <laughs> funny <laughs> it's true you know i'm just a really superior podcaster what can i say i just i really know what i'm talking you're, about you're a big deal <laughs> i'm a big deal clearly anyway thank you for listening um and until next time until next time kitties unpleasant dreams see ya